Been there, done that. Not our first rodeo. Welcome to episode 108 of Grumpy Old Benz for Friday, November 6th, 2020. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where if ballots were bullets, uh, I think we'd still be screwed. And from America's left coast, where the votes have been cast, counted, forged, recounted and discarded. And now we begin the long process of figuring out what the fuck just happened. I'm Ryan Bemrose. (laughs) <laughs> what do you mean what just happened did something happen did i miss something i mean there was an we election don't we don't know we don't no i don't get it why uh well because there's a whole lot uh, well because what what seems to have happened on voting day is precisely what everybody with half a brain and paying attention has predicted would happen which is that there is a ridiculous amount of fucking voter fraud everywhere uh evidence is pouring in by the moment i'm watching my my no agenda social feed because that's honestly one of the only places you can get news you're not getting a lot of it on facebook or youtube because that's being killed the moment that it's created but i'm sitting here just watching the feed go by and every three minutes there's another story posted of some other place in the country where somebody found evidence of voter fraud it's 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 a pandemic it is a pandemic of voter fraud. And I did tweet. I mean, he didn't answer me. I was kind of disappointed. I did tweet Joe Biden then and said, well, you promised that every vote was going to be counted and not a single voter was going to be disenfranchised. And now there's proof because there was a vehicle somewhere that was found with ballots. I'm like, well, now that we know there are some people that have been disenfranchised, how are we going to fix this, Joe? We're going to have a new election. What? Because this mail in thing. Oh, my God, it didn't work. Uh, um, mail in voting has always had a significantly like order of magnitude higher level of fraud associated with it. And all you really have to do is is brainstorm the ways that you could fuck with an election where if a person goes into the voting place and puts their mark on a piece of paper and that piece of paper is kept there until people count it with observers, the chance you, you think about all the opportunities you have for fraud there. And then you think about all the opportunities you have for fraud when you mail ballots out to somewhere, which may or may not be the address, and then you get back something that looks like a ballot and it goes into an office to be stored for a non-zero amount of time. And then somewhere along the line, somebody goes back to the office and pulls out a few filing cabinets full of papers and starts counting. The opportunities for fraud are incredible. Mail-in voting has always had a lot more fraud. So what happened this time? Even if you assume that one or more of the parties didn't intentionally set out to defraud the voters, the very idea that we pushed from about 1% mail-in voting in, in most places, which is just the people who request absentee, and pushed that out to 50 60% mail-in voting? And it's obvious that, yeah, okay, you know, when it's only one, when you can only push 1% of the vote by fucking with the mail-in center, you're, there's not a lot of incentive, but when you can control 60% of the vote, 
why wouldn't you do it? Yeah. And ballot harvesting is a real thing. And you don't know why people are filling out the ballots the way they are. We've seen proof. You know, again, it, if it depends who you believe, but there seems to be proof all over the social media, YouTube type things of people that were going out and, you know, helping the senior citizens fill out their ballots and things like that. And when you have people collecting the ballots, it's not hard to believe that if you're a, say, Joe Biden guy, and I'm sure this could go both ways. So let's not make that helping. Yeah, there's story after story of, of ballots like people going to the voting booth and being turned away because they say, well, you already sent a mail in ballot. You're like, I what? Yeah, well, there's no question that's happening. But there's also the thing where people go out to the neighborhoods and they're, you know, harvesting the ballots. They're collecting the ballots. And it's not yeah. hard to believe that sometimes say, before the person sees it. Yeah. Well, and if, even if they do, again, this comes down to the fact, oh, the nice old lady filled out Donald Trump. Hey, I'll take that to the polling place for you. And then that just gets shredded. You know, if you don't like right. the, the result that's on the ballot you picked up, which is why I don't believe the mail in voting could ever not be totally filled with this kind of stuff. And there's been a lot of talk about other solutions to this including on hog story last night fletcher oh, missed that one what would we have he was uh fletcher had well with carolyn blaney john fletcher they had on spencer from the bowl after bowl podcast and they were talking about this and spencer's like well you know you look at the you know bitcoin you look at blockchain and i think that maybe something could be done with that and i still say a firm no and the reason for that is you don't know who is filling that out? You could track the vote, sure, but you will never know if the person who is supposed to own that vote made that vote under duress. I go back to the very simplistic thing, which is say you live in a household with an abusive parent, whatever it is, that decides, you know, they've got two kids of voting age, you know, and a spouse. And when the thing comes in that it's time to vote, well, I'm going to vote all four. And there's no way to prove. Yeah. Who's filling those things out? Yeah. And even if even if it is the the kid or the wife that's filling it out, you you still got the, uh, you know, can, having the the say, let's suppose in your hypothetical that the husband is the abusive one, having him looking over all of their shoulders and making sure that they write down right in the filling the correct blank it, it is it, that is exactly I mean. That that's the Chicago way. That's right. the way that that mob rule. Uh, you know, when when the mob decided that they were going to control a district, they'd go to everybody's house and be like, "You're going to vote while I'm watching." And uh, you know, all kinds of voting reforms have been created to fight exactly this scenario, and they've been successful enough that people forget that voting coercion is a thing. Right. I mean, it's the reason why we have always had. The uh, the uh, we we've always had voting where you physically go into a place, and it, in there where you are private, you are the only person in the room. There are no cameras. The 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 government, the poll workers are supposed to ensure this, and for the most part, they're they're successful. And your vote is private, and you don't have to tell anybody. You don't, you know, among other things, you don't get a receipt because uh you know people used to demand that you you get your receipt that showed who you voted for and show it to them right and they'd punish you if you voted for the wrong person so you don't get a receipt uh, all of these things to prevent people from being coerced into voting a particular way and we've forgotten about all of them 
Yes, because it's not that the technology can't handle assigning one vote to everybody and then counting it. The technology can easily do that, but it can never guarantee Google AI could just manufacture 370 million votes without the public having to do anything. Yeah, it would be very simple to create the system, but you don't know then if the right people are filling those out, because I think we mentioned when we talked about voting months ago, when a DC girl was on with uh, Sir William of Pennsylvania and both of them poll workers, they knew a lot about what was going on, that there are simple ways to you know get around all of these, these issues that by having the not having the in-person voting, you can never guarantee the result. You just absolutely can't. Here in Chicago, when we do our renewal of our license plates, they send you a postcard. Well, here's your ID. Here's your PIN number. And you go in and that's how you renew your license plates. They could easily do that for voting. But then here's the the question. You have to have some kind of password. So then how are they going to distribute those passwords? If you do it in the snail mail, the snail mail is going to get stolen. There's going to be ways people are going to intercept that. and. There's there's no way around this, you know, even if you were able to get past that and we somehow figured out a way for every citizen that is eligible to vote to have a secure login, you can still never guarantee, like you said, somebody looking over their shoulder, somebody else using their device, whatever it is, which is why you go to a place and you're the only one that gets to go in that voting booth. And I I have. I actually believe it or not, I'm, I'm you know totally an optimist here. You know that always. Uh, I I have every reason to believe that we could solve the technology problem of managing to secure the votes. But any solution that involves that is is first going to have to solve a number of social problems, which thus far we have not been able to to fix with humans. Um, you know, you can in fact get. There are ways to get a vote securely from your computer terminal to uh, a, a voting agency or a counting agency in w- with transparency. Even it, there, there are ways to to manage remote voting. So because I mean, what the problem that a lot of people are trying to solve is that it feels so antiquated when you can just punch a few buttons on your phone and have food delivered and you never have to leave your chair. Why do I have to get up and go to a place for voting? Americans are inherently very, very lazy and technology is enabling us to be far, far lazier. And why the hell do I have to get up and go out, you know, exercise my civil duty when I, you know, there should be an app for that. And there are lots of apps for that and they all suck because they the state of of technology today is such that people think about you know what can i do before they think about how can it be misused and i you know voting apps are i guarantee no different just because you hand something to the government does not make it secure in fact it usually makes it worse i believe that that problem can be solved with uh the right level of uh, open source and cryptography and uh you know checks and balances and input from every side and everyone. But you fucking nailed it. The the social problem that has to be solved first is how do you get people willing to even, you know, be able to whatever their voting place is, whether it be uh, a a library downtown or, or your local school or, 
or your living room, how do you make sure that people are free to vote who they actually want to? And one of the big benefits to going to a physical voting place is that it guarantees you have some private time to cast your vote. Yes. And I understand there are you know downsides to this. We've heard for years that you know people who are employed, a lot less of a problem during coronavirus, that they couldn't get off of work, they couldn't get to the voting place. So I do believe there has to be something done. And I know most localities now have early voting in one way, shape or form. So that shouldn't be as much of an issue. And you're right. The technology technology aspect of this, I think we could get beyond, even if it comes down to you have to go to a physical location in order to register to vote. I mean, you would have a year or whatever to do that. So it's not like you have to do that at any given time. And you could probably bake this into, you know, every McDonald's or whatever, where there's somebody that sits there at certain times, they verify your identification so they know who you are. And that's how they get you set up in the system. And you've got a secure username and password. But with that said, not only spouses, but this can go even much further in, you know, areas where money is tight. I I, I was telling you the Chicago mob was going to come to your house and watch you vote. Yeah, well, they will. I mean, think about that. If there is somebody that wants somebody elected, you go into these poorer areas, especially. I mean, one, you can threaten violence to anybody, but it's much easier to go into the poor areas and go, hey, you know what? Uh, when voting time comes around, we're going to come to your house and you're going to you're going to vote for who we want you to. And we're going to give you, you know, 50 bucks and everybody's going to be happy. And uh, there's no way to get around that. There really isn't without well, having well, that and- individual again, place somebody can go where they have to be the only person that can see what they're doing. Yeah, uh, and maybe this is an inherent problem of the fact that we let people vote. You don't think, well, we should we should probably just move to a communist style dictatorship and be done with it. That's what the kids are pushing for. So, I mean, they know (laughs) they know what's coming. Maybe that's it. They do. So, uh, yeah, current issues. um, Do do you remember I I, I put down some names? I went ahead and did a a search uh, for the phrase any means necessary quote. Um, And did you know that this this phrase was uttered over the course of the election by uh, Roger Stone, Hillary Clinton, Maxine Waters, Nancy Pelosi, and Rob Reiner. Wow, that seems dangerous. That seems revolutionary. Uh, Oh, yeah. All of those people are Democrats, and some of them are very, very highly placed people in uh, positions where uh, they could completely violate ethics and the law if, say, they really believed that getting Trump out by any means necessary was uh, was actually what they wanted to do, because any means necessary means that you don't let ethics stop you. You don't let morality stop you. You don't let uh, the law stop you. You, you just, you know, you lie, cheat, steal. I, I, I honestly think that's what we're seeing right now. I agree. Uh, you, you can you can call me a blatant partisan, but frankly, um, I I. I have never seen in my lifetime a more corrupt organization than today's modern Democrat Party. And I I know I I read about uh, this level of corruption in elections in the past. That's why I said in my lifetime. But this is this is horrifying. Just how how much they are willing to violate norms, violate ethics and violate the law. In order to make sure that the orange man does not come back. 
And I don't necessarily, I mean, it comes from the top. There's no question about it. But the boots on the ground, the people doing this are the everyman, the male men, the male women, the, you know, male, whatever, non-binary. Convince the boots on the ground that how how many times have we heard this? The the soul of our nation or uh, democracy is at stake or this is Trump is an existential threat. How many times have we heard that? And if you convince people that their very lives are in danger, if that horrible orange man spends any more time in the White House, then they are going to throw out all norms and ignore the law. And at every single level, you 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 know, you have now convinced people you have created an entire half the nation worth of zealots and and unthinking party affiliate you know who just they they honestly believe that anything they do is justified if only it gets rid of the orange man and that is why you have uh the uh pennsylvania secretary of state who is literally out uh telling you know well he cheating well yeah (laughs) i I don't i don't think it's Three days crazy to claim that three days before the election. His exact quote. I cover this on randomthoughts.com, R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com. A great episode. The last one on the election three days before the guy in Pennsylvania said the attorney general said when all the votes are counted, Joe Biden will be the winner in Philadelphia in Pennsylvania. It's like, yeah, what? <laughs> How do you and, know this? As a, as a private citizen, you can say bullshit like that. And, you know, when when Rob Reiner says shit like that, I'm like, OK, you know, I don't care because I actually didn't read it because I'm not on Twitter because fuck that guy. Uh, but when an elected state official says that he is setting policy and uh, it's not good for the the policy of the state to be that, you know, you know, who else was setting policy was the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania who said, yeah, we're going to continue allowing the Democrats to manufacture ballots for three days after the election. No, no, that is. And and that's not what they said. What they said was we will accept ballots that come in up to three days after the election. But that is how you get mail in fraud. You you the moment that you know exactly how many ballots you have to print, you can you know, turn them up and get them added to the count. That is. you you are taking even the most pure thing and tempting them toward corruption because it's so easy to just inject new votes somewhere that it is absolutely critical. And the Pennsylvania, the, the, by the way, by the way, I, I learned something new recently. The Supreme court in Pennsylvania is a partisan elected position. And they're mostly Democrats. That seems fair. Yeah. Yeah. in Washington, uh, at least, you know, which is what I'm familiar with, it is technically a nonpartisan elected position, and they're mostly Democrats. But, now, the interesting but, thing, but though, putting look, your putting your political party on it when you're running for judge, that's not really how judges are supposed to work. No, no, that that's not which why it, that was the one thing. And I think we mentioned it here on Grumpy Old Ben's. The calls I was getting incessantly was here in Illinois. Vote against the reelection or the up, you know, re-upping, whatever they call it, of the Supreme Court judge Kilbride here in Illinois because he was too friendly to Mike Madigan. And uh, this was the first time in the history of Illinois 
that a Supreme Court judge wasn't renewed for another 10 year term and was voted against. So the calls were wow. obviously I mean, this wow. is uh, no, that didn't happen here. Every one of them went to back to fucking Olympia here. Wow. That is that's that's unbelievable. Scott Adams mentioned that the Republicans just aren't good at cheating, I guess, because as you said, they're making it so they have to accept these votes up to three days after. And one of these states, I think maybe it was Pennsylvania. They, they all start blurring together. But one of the uh, provisions was, you know, well, you know, it, it has to be postmarked in time. Well, except, you know, if the postmark, the, the postmaster is instructing people to backdate these things. Well, that's possible. And the other no, one was happening. if there was no postmark or it was unreadable, they had to accept them. So Republicans keep getting your votes in. Come on. If they're going to cheat. No, no, I, okay. I, 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 I'm actually going to have to preface this, which is uh, n- none of it is proven because we're getting stories as quickly as they're generated. And so there's they're, they're not all proven. I just have to preface that. But uh, Project Veritas actually came out with a video only in the last 24 hours where the postmaster again in Pennsylvania was instructing local post offices to backdate anything that came in because uh the appeals court ruled against the state and said you can only you you have to keep any ballots that came in after election day separate and you have to you can only count for now until you know a higher court rules on it you can only count the ballots that came in on election day or before and so the postmaster is instructing post offices to backdate them to election day to make sure they get in the main count and if that is proven, that should be a lifetime prison sentence for that postmaster. Yeah. Yes. Unfortunately, he's a politician and nothing ever happens to them. Yeah, this is voter. From, I mean, you want to talk about the Russian interference with the 2016 election. This is American interference. People that are no, this, handling this, the ballots. Uh, this is Chinese interference, technically, but I understand where you're coming from. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I mean, the money's coming from somewhere. Oh. Uh, there's a yeah, like you said i mean I, I assume you remember the uh the the spike on election night the, oh. there's been so many memes about that particular graph where where they got the two the red and the blue graph going up and the blue graph is clearly below the whole time and then suddenly there's like two hundred thousand votes came in 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 a, in a one minute span came in for biden with not a single vote for trump it was a glitch uh-huh. uh-huh well okay then i would like a really detailed analysis of that glitch by some forensic debugging team well before anybody in that state actually declares anything at all because uh what it sounds like to me is somebody fat fingered the fucking database and whether you call it intentional or not the the fix for that is to unfat finger it or bay maybe like go back to all your paper ballots and recount them again this time allow uh, observers to watch oh and by the way uh more more shenanigans uh again i i keep picking on pennsylvania because they're so amazingly fucking corrupt there they're the new um, florida yeah they they are uh oh god okay here's a hint you want to feel really old um there are people voting in this election who weren't alive during the bush gore debacle of 2000 oh yeah hanging chad baby yeah, hanging chads was the thing. Well, in Pennsylvania, there are, uh, in fact, I, I don't remember if it was the governor, it was somebody in the the government pretty much instructed uh, the the in the voting places where they're counting, 
lock the doors and do not let any observers in. Why would you ever do that if you were planning on having an honest recount? Because they're not planning on having an honest recount. Oh, that must be it. <laughs> um, but there is some, I mean, that. there are some things on both sides that were coming out, which just was not helpful. There was a video, and I don't remember if this was from uh, Pennsylvania or not, but it was showing, you know, very clearly people refilling out ballots. But I know this was also being done legally because a bunch of the ballots that were sent out to people were the wrong ballots and they weren't able to be scanned so they did have to go and redo new ballots and this hopefully was under the proper supervision but there was a reason why people were filling out ballots and that was completely legal and that was to get things done correctly but of course the idiots on the right and there's just as many of them as there are on the left like, oh, this is proving voter fraud. It's like, well, no, it's not. We need contact. We need to know who these people are and why those ballots were being filled out again. But there's no a couple kidding. there's a couple interesting things coming out of this. One, this morning, Donald Trump Jr. tweeted, When America sees everything we are uncovering, they will be disgusted, and even the media won't be able to pretend voter fraud isn't real. Ending this scrap. I, I- I think that he greatly overestimate or underestimates the media's ability to put their head in the sand and pretend things aren't real. No doubt. He says ending this crap once and for all will be fundamental to preserving our republic and the faith in democracy. And I agree with that. And I also agree with you that the media is all in. So I don't know what kind of proof they can pull out, but it will be interesting if the Trump campaign has some solid proof because if there is solid proof then this becomes the next hanging chad thing because this this will go 30 or 60 days whatever it can go up to for them to figure this out it will go through the courts the uh the the concept that this was going to go off without a hitch long gone uh steve pachanik no, but everybody knew it was not going to go off without a hitch. The moment they said, yeah, we're going to have all of these states go to 90 percent mail in ballots when none of them have any infrastructure to handle that. We already knew. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's no doubt about that. Steve Pachanik, though, had an interesting take on this, and he's been right about a few things, which was these ballots were that were printed up that aren't legitimate. I mean, we've done stories already on Grumpy Old Ben's about you know, that inkjet or that uh, laser printer sitting in your office has a unique code that's printed on every page it prints. Well, according to Steve Pachanik, there was a setup here and a lot of these fake ballots was a sting operation. I don't know which state, you know, there's still details to be coming out, but just imagine that if this was a sting operation where a bunch of fake ballots were sent out and they can now go in and weed those out using whatever the technology they need to to differentiate between the ballots that were actually printed by the legitimate source for the ballots and the source that was not so legitimate. That is technologically very possible. Uh, it, it it feels like false hope. I, well, yeah, it does. I, 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 I I absolutely am with you. I would love to see justice done. And, and if this was 
a, a storybook, then that would be how the story ends with a big reveal at the end where the, you know, the, the protagonist points and says, aha, you're guilty and I have proven it. But unfortunately, I don't I, I'm I'm no longer idealistic enough to believe that politics works that way. Any normal incumbent president would give up the fight for the betterment of the country. You know, using what? that as the excuse, saying, well, you know, we, we, we don't want to look like fools. So, you know, I'll, I'll give up and I'll concede, but we're going to get this fixed. Uh, Trump, I think, is different. <laughs> and uh, maybe I don't know if which way is necessarily better. But at this point, I think standing up and calling, you know, bullshit here is the right thing to do if they have proof of massive amounts of voter fraud. If they don't, yeah. then it's time to shut up and it, go it, away. I, I honestly believe that Trump would set, step down if he believed he lost in a legitimate election. But the man was literally elected on a platform of draining the swamp. And this is the fucking swamp overflowing. Yes, it is. Uh, Scott Adams, I thought this was also interesting because he, like no agenda, you know, does some deconstruction of the media. And I think he called this one right on. He says the fake news word of the day is now widespread, as in there is no evidence of widespread fraud. So, I mean, no, no, here, here's here's the <laughs> counter argument. Yeah. Voter fraud is systemic. And the reason why you can't see it is because you were raised with it and it's part of your DNA. And I I don't blame you for being part of a voter fraud organization. Uh, it's just how you are. Um, but what I need you to do, and this, by the way, is is a great thing to just tell all your your Democrat friends. Um, you are complicit in a voter fraud organization and you can't be blamed because you didn't know because it's just how you were raised. However, I need you to do the work and stand up and repent for your fraudulent ways. I, I feel like this can work. Really? We we can do that. This is, we're just kind of taking the, I don't uh, know. I just, just, just grab the, the critical race bullshit lines <laughs> and turn them around and explain that if you are a part of the Democrat party, then voter fraud is in your DNA and is, is just, it, well, it's systemic. Yeah. An orange man bad. And it's not just, actually, you said something a few minutes ago. You said that the, the Democrats are better uh, than the Republicans at fraud. And I, I, I kind of cringed at that and I tried to let it go and I can't. Oh, come um, on. You're the guy that always says crazy stuff like the virus doesn't even exist and you're not going to let that go. Well, I'm not I'm not going to directly contradict you because it's very clear <laughs> that the the party of any means necessary have have whipped themselves into such a froth that they are literally willing to toss aside ethics and laws left and right. And I don't think the Republicans are doing that because, well, the most simple reason is because they're the ones with the incumbent president and the rule of law is on their side. As is the popular vote of actual people who voted, not made up people. But um, <laughs> the See, that would be an interest. Again, I'm very interested how that would go if the popular vote was the metric. We've talked about this before as well. I know I'm repeating myself, but everybody points to, well, you know, uh, the, the popular vote winner should win. And it's like, but that's not the contest here. That's not the rules that we're fighting under. So. If those rules change, and what did you think of the morons in Colorado 
voting to give their electoral college votes in any election from here on out to the popular vote winner nationwide. Um, Washington did that 12 years ago. Wow. What the hell? Like, <laughs> why make yourself the, irrelevant? The interstate electoral pact or whatever the fuck it's called. Yeah. Uh, I, we've talked about that on the show and it is, it is an end run around the electoral college where the moment that enough states sign on to account for 270 votes, then all states in the compact, if they follow it are, are then bound to go to the popular vote winner. And, um, I, I don't think most people even understand how that can backfire or or how it completely undermines and destroys the idea of a representative democracy, because it means that your state's electors no longer work for the public of your state. Right. The the whole point to a state voting is these people work for us and now they don't. What what you're saying when you sign on to that is uh, I want the people from my state. I, I want to. As a voter of, of Washington, I want to be completely disenfranchised and I want my vote to go to whoever in California went. And a lot of people are signing on because, hey, you know what? Washington usually votes with California anyway. But the moment that, oh, look, you know, 65 percent of the people in Washington wanted this one, but New York and California and, uh, you know, Florida and Atlanta all wanted this other guy. And so our votes are not ours anymore. Um, we're totally unrepresented, which admittedly is welcome to being a Republican in, in a left coast state is you don't have a single person anywhere that represents you, but yeah. And this yeah, will all, all of these, yeah, all of these dumb asses who are voting for this, the, the, the short sighted way of looking at this is, well, I agree with the issues in this election. So let's change the rules so that it always happens. And that always backfires every single time. It might take a decade, but it'll happen. Yeah. I mean, I just can't wait for the day where, uh, you know, Colorado, then obviously Washington, where, you know, 100% of the citizens vote one way and the rest of the country votes another way. And they're like, wait, no, no, we, we don't want that. It's like, well, you voted it in, idiot. Yeah, it's going to happen at some point. There will be a case. I don't know which election, but it will happen that, uh, you know, if if this interstate compact comes to light, it will happen that the electors of a state go to somebody the state didn't vote for. In fact, it's practically guaranteed. And and the moment that that happens, um, it, then, I mean, you're going to hear uh, you're going to hear a lot of whining and complaining. And it's like, well, that's because you didn't listen to those of us who can think. Right. Which is why I'm not, you know, one, I don't want the abolishment of the Electoral College, but it's not because I don't think the side that I prefer would win under the new rules. I actually do believe that if we go to a popular vote that is determining who wins the president of the United States, I think the Republicans have the advantage because the Democrats have it in you know certain areas, which, again, the New York City, Chicago takes Illinois, New York City, of course, takes New York. We have California with a couple of large, very liberal cities that overwhelms everybody else. So the the people in the minority just don't really feel like they even need to go out and vote. That changes if every vote counts. And I believe that we still are more a country of people that are on the conservative side 
than on the liberal side. And that's going to blow these people's minds if they ever get what they want. And then the, the results start going the other way. Well, fortunately, their minds don't have to be blown because they are being custom fed a truth that com- conveniently suppresses everything that might harm their fragile little brains. <laughs> yeah. And it's well, speaking of the Electoral College. Do you know what happens under the possibility? And that's still it's still alive and well right now, kind of maybe if there is a tie in Electoral College votes between the two candidates, do you know? Who would be the president of the United States if that were to happen in this election? Pelosi. No. Uh, I I know what I know and what I've been saying for weeks is that if they can fuck up this election badly enough, and it looks like they're they're definitely going to succeed at that because it's going to be tied up in every court in the country, um, that there won't be 270 votes for any candidate by the time that everyone has to vote. And then it goes to the House. If there is a tie, the decides. correct. If there's a tie, see Mike in the troll room over at noagendastream.com says that he knows. He says the House chooses the president, Senate chooses the vice president. That's true, cold acid. But who would be elected president at this point under those rules? That is the question. Hillary. <laughs> Hillary, no, that is actually not true. And this even. The great Bill O'Reilly, who I'm guessing follows this stuff. Oh, Bill O'Reilly is president. You could do worse. <laughs> yes, we could. Uh, but he you know, follows this stuff a lot closer than even we do. Believe it or not. I mean, he's a professional. We're just podcasters. See, we, we, we just go out and, and we just go out and Google some news stories before the show. What do you mean? We follow closely. See, <laughs> Mike has it absolutely right. Trump would be elected. Because while the House does elect the president of the United States under the tie, it is not a one vote, one person thing. This is this is not the everybody gets a vote. Every state gets one vote. There are still more states that are Republican, which means under a tie, even though the House picks it and there are more Democrats in the House, the Republicans own more states. And that would be who decides, believe it or not. So under a tie, the House elects the president. That would be Trump. The Senate elects the vice president. That would be Pence. Boom. In order to protect my reputation as somebody who's completely infallible and knows everything, I'm going <laughs> to have to go ahead and, and and lie and say that I already knew that. But um, honestly, fascinating. Yes, I had no clue. I had no clue <laughs> that it realized. was. I mean, all we all we had ever heard, even through this election where people were guessing things might get weird was, well, the House picks the president. I never heard once until last night O'Reilly was talking to a guy who was a scholar, a uh, constitutional scholar, and he said something about the House getting it and then that going to Biden. And the guy's like, no, no, actually, every state gets only one. So every, you know, the state has to get together and decide who they're voting for amongst the representatives. So, yeah, it's still I would like to see citation to that. And the Constitution itself is is pretty easy is it in the constitution or is it just in case law uh, i'm not sure i there, there's a link though with the explanation of how the whole thing works and uh you know but that is the case that appears to be accurate that that is indeed the way it goes and that that just is kind of uh hilarious when it comes down to it the republicans did pick up seats in the house too which is really weird on a and a time when we were told there was going to be a blue wave there was going to be a mandate uh, republicans didn't lose the senate and they gained in the house. Go figure. Yeah. Who knew? 
Well, that's because they didn't have a bunch of pre-prepared ballots available for every house seat. <laughs> yeah. And the uh, the stock here, here, market I, loved I, this. I, I have to go. I have to go back to one of the fraud things, because this one is one of the most damning things I've seen. And it's actually quite easy to demonstrate uh, it, it. It is. Um, if you take some states where there was an open Senate race, some battleground states where there was an open Senate race. Um, in this case, I think Arizona was one and Michigan. Um, so in general, when there is a presidential election and an open Senate seat at the same time, uh, the number of votes for those is always very, very close because most people vote party ticket. If you're going to vote for the Republican for president, you're going to vote for the Republican for Senate as well. Right. That's just how m- almost every race happens. Um, but in uh, Wisconsin, uh, Michigan, I think. I, I should be looking this shit up. I should be putting these numbers in my notes, but whatever. Um, Trump had about the same number of votes as the Republican candidate, but Biden had almost 200,000 more votes than the Democrat candidate. Wait, how and many the more? total number of votes there were? Apparently, we are supposed to believe now that there were at least 200,000 people who voted for Biden, but left the Senate race blank. That sounds like they were just too lazy when filling out um, those hundreds of thousands of ballots. The, the, the same thing happened in Arizona, where there was about 70,000 more votes for Biden than for the Senate, the Democrat Senate candidate. And if you think this is just a change because of the times, you know, it, it's possible, you know, all of the Facebook messages said go out and vote. But what they really meant was go out and vote for Biden. So maybe you think everybody just went out and checked Biden and then walked, watered off because the attention span of young people can't be away from their phone for more than 12 seconds. Maybe you think that, except in non battleground states, in all the states where you didn't need the extra push, where, you know, in Washington, in Illinois, in in uh, Colorado, well, not Colorado, um, in Wyoming, in Montana, all the states where you knew for sure going in who it was going to be, non battleground states, it turns out that the votes for president and the votes for a Senate pretty much exactly the same to within 2%. Which makes sense. You're filling out the ballot. You may as well fill out. I mean, you're when it comes down to it, the Senate race should actually have way more effect on your daily life than the presidential race. Yeah, Uh, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, the local races have way more effect on your daily life than the presidential races. But most people, you know, that that doesn't it's not sexy. And more importantly, all your Facebook friends aren't even in the same district as you anymore. And C. Mike points out it is Article 2 of the United States Constitution that says when in choosing the president, the vote shall be taken by the states, the representatives from each state having one vote. Uh, re- well, representatives from each state would be very different from what C. Mike put in the troll room, which is the representation, the representation yeah. from each state. I've only got so one good that, eye trying to read across three. I, I understand. That's that's why I'm correcting you and also trying to shame you at the same time. <laughs> I can multitask. No, you can't. So. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and, and then the, the last thing I'll point out, I, I, I want to get off of the voter fraud thing and not, not that I think we can, but um, right before the show, while I was busy making up my notes on all these cases of alleged voter fraud, because none of them are proven yet. Um, right before the show, uh, Sir Billy Bones says, quote, 
listening to the local radio and they have yet another example of pulling audio and within hours the source has been removed they just played audio of a lady in nevada talking about vote fraud and now her account is gone there is no vote fraud if you're not allowed to talk about it and and that just brings me to the the one group of people that i find nearly as complicit as the democrat party in if completely throwing out all rules of ethics and law which is the big tech companies who are literally any means necessary going out and crushing all data that could possibly lead to anything other than a Democrat win. Right. Well, there's stories that I had. There was one which was Facebook blocking the hashtags of Sharpie Gate and Stop the Steal. <laughs> that was hilarious. Yeah. I mean, really, it's. But it's an interesting thing, because if you're going to play this game of we're going to remove things that aren't true again, who nobody has proven that any of this stuff isn't true yet. So this is all things that are so much in, you know, in fluidity, if you will, that it's impossible for any of these tech giants to know that there wasn't election election shenanigans to not know that some of this stuff, you know, until it's actually proven false, why are they saying it's false? Well, we know why. We know why they're doing it. And I, and, and and I I, I can't I, I know because I know there are some of you experts out there who are going to go out and spend the next 20 minutes fact checking me on this stuff. I am not claiming any of this is proven. Uh, what I am bringing out is that there is a mountain of of uh, allegations of outright law breaking and fraud going on amongst this and what you have in your media and what you have in Facebook, Twitter, YouTube is a complete and utter suppression of everything that does not work for their side. And I'm not saying every story is true. I'm saying that there are a lot of stories. And if we do not have a full investigation, then I guarantee what you've got is uh, the uh, I hate to use this line because it was so overused, uh, accusing Trump of, of being a horrible orange man. But this is the end of the rule of law. If you decide that the way to win elections is to disregard the law and just print votes wherever you need them. Well, Facebook and Twitter and every, all those, when uh, this unfounded Russian collusion story was out, they they refused to cover that, right? They deleted all of those links and all of those posts. But it was the only thing in the news for three and a half years. But no, it, it couldn't be because it was unproven. And uh, uh, maybe they just hadn't stepped up their censorship game yet. But yeah. But uh, you're right. When it comes to breaking <laughs> by, down. By the way, <laughs> you you want Trump to concede the election? All you need to do is have the entire Democrat leadership come out and admit to completely fabricating the entire Russiagate bullshit and have all of the people who were directly complicit step up and resign with him. And he will leave peacefully, I bet. Yeah, I, I do want to talk about that. But what you mentioned just about the end of uh, the rule of law, that is absolutely right. Somebody pointed out it might have been Scott Adams that this is how. The United States has always gone after countries where they wanted to, you know, have a coup, make a make a change in the leadership. Oh, yeah. Color revolutions. Yeah. One of the big things you do is it's the CIA's special recipe. Well, yeah. 
one of the big things you do with these revolutions are you make both sides believe that the elections are illegitimate. And oh, my God, do we have that? Yeah. Well, an easy way to make people believe the election is illegitimate, illegitimate is don't (laughs) conduct a legitimate election. Well, yeah, that helps. But I mean, think about that. Now, if you have both sides, this is kind of a, a nightmare scenario, which is we're coming off of four years of orange man, bad, not my president, resist, resist, resist. And so obviously the Democrats don't believe in the system. They don't believe we have accurate voting because they can't believe Trump got elected in the first place. And now you have the other half of the country who voted for Trump believing the same thing. Those two groups (laughs) agreeing on something, one, really scary to begin with. But two, where does that leave the country? Because all of a sudden, nobody believes that the elections are fair. Well, it it leaves the country in a position where, you know, 244 years was a pretty good run for this whole experiment in trying to create a free country. But obviously it failed and we really need to go back to proven socialism for for running people. And isn't it ironic that the left is, you know, big, big talkers when it comes to voter suppression? But you're absolutely right. They pushed a lie. Well, multiple lies about Donald Trump for the last three and a half years. Through their statements, I mean, Kamala Harris and Joe Biden were they still making impeached them. him over it. Yes. And they well, the, the candidates themselves were still repeating these lies up until just a day or two ago. So I don't know how this isn't supposed to influence the election. That is voter suppression. That is voter fraud right there. Lying about the other candidate constantly for three and a half years. The polling fit that right into here and i'm really interested how this affects people and i don't know if there's ever anybody that has done a legitimate real study on how this would affect people again seeing these polls for every major news organization minus rasmussen and the trafalgar poll people who were fairly spot on especially compared to everybody else but when cnn is running polls the two weeks up to the election saying stuff like, you know, Biden's up 12 points. What does that do to the Trump voter and the Biden voter? I'm really curious because it it makes them stop trusting polls, I hope. (laughs) Well, that should be the first. But does it affect Do you believe that affects people actually deciding whether they're going to vote in the election based Uh, upon those? But 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 highly publicized, very wrong polls it's it's a difficult tactic to wield and i know lots of people try to wield it because of course it it does have an effect like you just mentioned but the it, it's a difficult tactic to wield because there is going to be one class of voter that you demoralize into not voting and another class of voter that you fire up into making sure they go vote right and the question is which of which of those groups is larger and which way do you think that using your poll is going to swing it? And, and I think that's a gamble on the part of media stations, although it's not much of a gamble because the big thing that the poll does is, is you push the numbers out really large and they're controversial and it's a giant sign saying, pay attention to me. And then you can turn around to your advertisers and go, look at how many people are paying attention to us. And the news media makes out, they win. They they got their advertising dollars. They riled you up. They got you tuned in and they sold you to their advertisers. Congratulations. Yeah, One of the most interesting, interesting things election night was the fact that 
you know, the usual suspects, the Black Lives Matter, the Antifa sorts were out ready to riot on the streets of Washington, D.C. Why? Before You don't, sure. even, you there, don't know who's going to win. There were pictures out on Monday and Tuesday of mysterious pallets of bricks randomly appearing all over America again. We've seen that playbook. Yeah, we have seen that playbook. And this again shows you, I kind of think that the left thought Trump was going to win. That's why you push these fake polls, because then every small minded person who doesn't understand that polls don't mean shit are like, oh, this has to be fixed. There's no way the polls said Biden was up by 50 points. They're giving it to Trump. Riot. There's no question. There's no question I, that plays into it. I don't. I again, gut prediction, and I've been kind of shit at those for 2020 because all the norms have been shattered. But I don't think that the poll, the 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 poll fanaticism that that they pulled this time and in 2016, I don't think that's going to work again. I would hope not. I, I think I, I, I there are a significant number of people now who trusted polls implicitly in 2016 and aren't so sure about them and i think that this thing happening again and this was also predicted on no agenda they have a much better analysis of it but i i think that this is probably the end of polling yeah harry hamster says everything's a conspiracy and uh, it is kind of at this point bill o'reilly pointed out that he's not normally a conspiracy guy unlike you know the no agenda guys they they revel in it o'reilly usually not but he's pointing back to february when the news media was like a dog with a bone. Do you remember when everybody in the news media was asking Trump if he would leave you know, peacefully when he loses? And this yeah. wasn't just one or two. This which, was which was which was an excellent setup question. If you intend to rig the election yes. in such a way, in such a transparent way that it's obvious you rigged the election, but you can call out and go, see, see, Trump's not leaving. Uh huh. Yeah. Everything is bullshit because Trump is he is the kind of person who uh, is, you know, wh whether or not he would leave during a legitimate election. And, and I suppose that's debatable. I tend to think he would. Uh, what one thing that Trump has demonstrated over and over again is that he he has a very strong sense of fairness and he cannot abide anybody doing something unfair. If if you want any proof of that, just look at any, every single time, which seems to happen, you know, in, in 2020, it seemed to happen at least three times a week where he snaps at some asshole in the media who asks an unfair question. And it, you know, he's, he's not winning political points by, by lashing out, but uh, he, he cannot stand a bully or somebody who does something blatantly unfair. And he always calls them out on that. And that kind of attitude, there's no way if he believed that the election was rigged or fraudulent or fake, there's no way he would willingly live until the investigation had fully played out. There's not, it, it would not happen. And so all of these dire predictions of, Oh, he's a dictator who wants to seize power and, and never leave. No, that was never what was going to happen. But what was going to happen was when the election is truly completely fraudulent. And I don't know, no matter which side you're on, I don't know how you can possibly conclude this was a fair election. Uh, or, I mean, 
we saw this coming a mile away when they said all mail-in voting. I fucking said that already. My my rants are going all over the place, <laughs> just spraying like a fire hose right now. Rant, 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 rant. But it, we knew that an unfair election was coming. We see what is obviously an unfair election. There is a lot of argument about what direction it's unfair or who's being unfair to whom. But when you have an unfair election, the idea of, well, sir, uh, we think that you should step down right now, despite the fact that we don't have any real evidence that people want you to other than than these rigged numbers we just pulled out of our ass. No, Trump is not the kind of person to roll over. He does not roll over to bullies. In fact, he is a bully. He's not going to roll over to other bullies. We knew that. So yeah. w- when when every single Democrat comes out chanting, see, see, Trump just wants power. That's not why he's doing it. He feels he believes whether or not you believe it. He believes he is being bullied out of office and he's going to wait until he has what looks like a, a clear, you know, he will not leave until there's a clear reason to a legal reason to. And that's not going to happen until there are a lot of investigations. And we'll just see if the time runs out before those investigations can play out. And isn't it sad that at this point, whether they're legal or not, Joe Biden, more votes than any president in the history of the United more, States, more made up votes, <laughs> more votes, more, more dead people votes, way more, more, dead more people. votes from people who moved and they just sent the mail in ballot to the old address and somehow got it back and it had Biden checked and no other races filled in. Yeah, a lot of those. You know, I just don't think there has been a worse candidate for president since perhaps Jimmy Carter than Joe Biden. I am very concerned by the fact that he, you know, and a lot of people just point to this. He is decaying. Yes. I mean, that's literally it. He is decaying minute by minute that he doesn't seem to know where he is. He doesn't seem to know who he's with. He doesn't seem to remember, you know, Trump's name. And that's what his wife's sitting there prompting him to give him you know, the right name. I, 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 I stand by my earlier uh, premise that I, the prediction that I made months ago on this show, which is that Biden cannot win this election. Either Trump beats him in the Electoral College or he's going to be pushing up daisies the day before Kamala's inauguration. Yeah, which is I mean, do you want to talk about? needing a rule change along the way uh this concept in america that the vice president immediately becomes president if something happens to the president i think that's something that should seriously be looked at with some sort of time limit which means you know what if it's within like a year of the next election then fine if it's over that it's time to do what most countries do and have another election you have a special election to you know to put a leader in there because Kamala Harris didn't even get 2% of the Democrats in the primary, which means when it comes <laughs> to overall people, way less than 1% of people in the country would have voted for her. So why should she have that job? Have you ever seen the series House of Cards? Yeah, all the first season or so. And then it went, it went to crap, even though the. Well, uh, if, if you watch the first, I want to say good. two or three seasons, he uh, a b- big spoiler alert for a show that's uh you know, eight years old but also uh have to point out that the executive producer on house of cards there were two of them uh kevin spacey and dana brunetti who is now a no agenda knight and buddy of adam curry it seems it, it would seem um but the plot for the first i i'm not sure how many seasons the the first season 
it is a person who has never won a national election in his life because he he got elected to Congress uh, maneuvers himself into becoming vice president. And then in later seasons, he creates a political scandal, which gets rid of the president and he becomes vice president without ever having been subject to a national vote of any kind. And boy, if that plot doesn't (laughs) sound pretty fucking familiar right now. Yeah. And uh, the most scary thing, the most concerning thing about a president Harris is for some reason, I don't know why I'm not that worried about what a president Joe Biden will do when it comes to presidential orders. Uh, Now, Kamala Harris, I do. (laughs) I worry uh, a little bit more about uh, the stuff that she would do. I think the Democrats should, too, because Biden, he needs help putting his pants on in the morning and he will do whatever his Democrat Party overlords want. Uh, But Kamala, she I mean, obviously, she's into them for something. They they probably know where her bodies are buried. But at the same time, um, during the the entire campaign, the the primary, um, she showed a, a rebellious bitchy streak. and. It would not surprise me if if the DNC start pushing uh, that she starts pushing back and has her own thoughts, which is something, of course, that that the Democrats could not abide. I think they <laughs> might be better off if they try to prop up Joe Biden and, you know, keep keep their best doctors and necromancers, keeping his body animated for the full four years. I'm just not sure it's going to work. They're going to try to weekend at Bernie's Joe through the whole four years, maybe. Yeah. I, you know, that might be the best strategy. So, you know what? I may I may need to revise my prediction. Joe might not be killed in order to put <laughs> Kamala in. They might actually try to prop up Joe and just, you know, go get their engineers at Google to wire him with some kind of animatronics so that he can move and smile and wave at the camera in that creepy fucking way. And <laughs> and occasionally say some platitude that that is A.I. generated. And then otherwise, the entire government can be run by the people who didn't bother having to worry about an election. Well, the beauty of having this uh, pandemic last for the next four years, is Joe only has to talk to world leaders via a Zoom call. And we know technologically yeah, through through a mask because right. AI is still not good at getting facial expressions. Right. You know, and here's a question that uh, I don't know the answer to. Maybe you do. We all know what happens if the president falls, the president passes away. The president is no longer able to do the job. It goes to the vice president. What happens in this case if something happens to Kamala Harris, you know, or any vice president who takes that job over? Because um, that's an interesting case. Well, if, the, the next person in, in line by the order of succession is the Speaker of the House, which which would have been Pelosi, except I don't think the Democrats counted on on the House flipping again. It's weird. It's definitely weird. Uh, no, see, uh, the president nominates a new vice president, says, see, Mike. Now, that makes this even more interesting to be like, uh, oh, yeah, that's how Hillary's getting in. This is how both. I'm just telling you, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, they're both going to have to learn how to sleep with their eyes open, man, because this is these these people that are trying to get in here are going to be it's not going to be good for them. I do want to have a massive shout out and thanks for C. Mike, our our resident troll and constitutional scholar for uh, back checking this show as we go. That's the only way we can get along because I mean, our, our thoughts are going, boo, they're flying left and right. I, up and down. I, I, at this point, I'm so fucking angry about the entire existence of, of politics that I've got nothing but rants here. So, <laughs> yeah, it's good to inject some facts once in a while so that when people come and complain, sir, Bemrose, you're making up everything you say. 
then, you know, that that will totally become the cold opener for the show. Yeah. Well, somebody pointed out on uh, Twitter, like, is Joe Biden never said anything, you know, and that that wasn't, you know, wasn't a lie. So I pointed to the uh, the video on YouTube where he said that they had created the biggest voter fraud organization in the world. <laughs> like he was right there, you know, but that's allowed to stay up. I mean, Joe, he's admitting. Shouldn't that be Joe saying that the Democrats were committing voter fraud? I'm surprised that hasn't uh, been wiped off of the the big tech as of yet. Yeah. Or, or every once in a while, Joe drops a truth bomb, for example, you know, the the very early on before the presidential race really started, where he openly admitted to quid pro quo in Ukraine. Yes, yes. Uh, he actually had been accused by a reputable person of sexual assault. And this is all fine. This is I mean, it's amazing to me. All the stuff they threw at Trump that didn't stick is exactly the crap that Biden did. That seems yeah. like there's way more proof. But they're like, oh, no, he's great. Let's get him as president. That's because they're pet propaganda machine. And by that, I mean, WAPO and New York Times and and Google and YouTube and Twitter are protecting him so hard that anything that comes out that could possibly paint him in a bad light is being censored and and downplayed until it's gone, which is why nobody nobody. If I say the name Tara Reid, does anybody even know who I'm talking about? Well, I do. People listening to this show probably do. I, our experts definitely will. But I, it, it's it's not even a name that anybody no nobody has any reference for it in the general public anymore because it, it was a huge story that came out with far more evidence and and credibility than anything that they threw at Kavanaugh than anything that they threw threw at Trump. But it was against Biden, and we just have to hush this up. Right. That's uh, exactly. Yeah. Tara Reid, she was an American pie. Uh, that's what C Mike says. <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> then who the fuck am I talking about? Did I think the same name? I think more than one person can have one name. I mean, there, yeah, there, it's possible. There's probably see, another see, Ryan. The story is so gone that maybe even I've forgotten it. Could be your bra- uh, brains I, or I, Swiss I'm, cheese. Or I'm getting, no, I'm going with the Dvorak excuse. It's the Mandela effect. Somebody changed the facts on me after I remembered them. And this is the most nefarious thing with the big tech is the fact that they are changing history. They are changing your daily history in real time. This is when they can steer these conversations where they allow people to say anything they want about one side. But then the other side says stuff about the other. No, you can't have that. If you're a liberal saying stuff about anybody that is a conservative, that's allowed to stand. If you're a conservative saying anything about anybody liberal, then that can't stand. And that's immediately removed. And that, again, sways things to a point where if you want to talk about collusion and election interference, that's it. Yeah, okay, I have to I have to back up some of the I, I got to back out one of my statements. Um, fuck you, C. Mike. Stop gaslighting me. Her name was <laughs> Tara Reid. R-E-A-D-E. She was the one who accused Joe Biden of raping her, and the story got buried. It happened. It's not the actress. God damn it. But the Stop actress was my good. Head. And I like Tara Reid, the actress in Scrubs. She was pretty cool uh, there. And she's got uh, amazing assets up front, too. <laughs> that you're, you're in fully in just producer mode, right? Not making any kind of sexual comments. I do comments. that or I'm in dirty old Ben mode, but uh, there, there's not a lot of different. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go with that. I'm 
I'm just analyzing her from a media perspective, which I have no experience in. You know, and I, I'm still amazed that the Democrats picked this ticket because there were so many better ones. There are so many people that are normally conservatives, normally Republicans that are anti-Trump that it you don't even think it would have taken a whole lot to get those people to switch over to a decent Democratic candidate. But this is why the Democrats are internally fighting right now over whether they went too far left or not left enough. And that's going to be the fight over the next couple of years in the Democratic Party. God help you if you let the commies win. Well, the the left has I, I think it's safe to call that that the left has won the culture war. Uh, you know, anybody who doesn't subscribe to the the social justice and critical race theory um has completely failed by not recognizing the threat soon enough because we have lost nearly a whole generation of people brainwashed into leftist thinking into uh believing that race is critically important as long as you're not white that everybody is a racist that uh, we, you know, we must equality of outcome above all else. We lost this and we lost it from, uh, 20 years ago, the, you know, letting the teachers unions decide to teach our kids to be activists. We lost it from the colleges 10 years ago from letting the, the college, the, you know, your engineering professor lecture about how awful the Republicans are. We lost it four years ago when uh, everybody on every social media site that they had was shouting orange man bad. The the culture war has been lost by the right. And that is one of the main reasons why we're in this situation. And at this point, um, the the right is is not really the right is not going to be a big thing for the next 10 years. but. What we are going to see is the left is going to split into exactly what you just said, far left and moderate left. And I think that the left parties are going to tear themselves apart, trying to reorient. And we're going to see a a big readjustment of political parties because the religious right has been fading for 40 years and the right in general doesn't have much more other than than maintain the status quo, which is clearly not going to work. Because eventually we're all going to die and the people who were raised (laughs) with social justice are going to be the ones left over. Yeah. And they're going to put themselves so far into the grave with all of these plans that it's going to be too late by the time they figure it out. But race did play a part in this election. And and by the way, the, the one the one saving grace that I have is that by the time that these people manage to completely destroy the planet, I'll have already left. I'll be done. (laughs) Are you going somewhere better? Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> up, down. We don't know. But let me ask you this. <laughs> Both of them are, are preferable right now. That's true. That is true. Any change in venue is a good change in venue. And these uh, stats came from exit polling. So take them with a grain of salt. But the uh, the wisdom right now, looking at who voted in this election and for whom, are you surprised that when we look at the demographics, which would be white men and women, black men and women, and uh, Hispanic men and women. Would you be surprised out of those six categories? I mean, because we're we're just doing the regular binary. We're just male or female. We're not playing anything else. But out of those six categories, 
five Trump gained votes with. And the only one I, that Trump lost votes with was white men. I mean, what the <laughs> fuck? What the that, hell? What that happened? Is because that is well, there, and there's a lot more whites than than any of the other demographics, hence why they're called minorities. So that that is significant um, because uh, well, th- at the same time, while Trump was going out and telling people, you know, you're, you matter and trying to, you know, do, doing doing actual work that although it wasn't widely reported, uh, much of it helped minority communities. Um, everybody else was taught if you're white, you should hate yourself. Yeah. And that's why we and, have to vote the, the other and, way. And in order and in order to repent, you must do the work and vote Democrat. Uh huh. I mean, either that or as C. Mike said, maybe all the white guys ballots were stolen. That's possible, too. But uh, with the black men almost doubled from 2016 for Trump. So there is movement in a way that if you are conservative, I mean, forget the candidates. The fact that the black community has overall voted way almost, you know, 99 percent slight exaggeration. But for the Democratic Party for so many years. The fact that a lot of people in that community are realizing the Democrats are not the answer and not their friends is a big plus that will be played down. But I think that is a big plus out of this election. I, I think you just convinced me what the new Democrat strategy is, and that is that they shift their demographics instead of being the party of minorities. They can because the minorities clearly are not pulling their weight. They're you know, they're not all voting lockstep Democrat enough anymore. And frankly, I mean, it's a lot of effort trying to promise reparations and all sorts of other things every single year. So what you do is you let all the minorities flip to the Republican side and become the racist party of self-hating whites because they already are at the top anyway. And wouldn't it be refreshing to be open about it? Just be like, yes, we're the party that is run entirely by old white people who are in uh, racists. And we have decided that, uh, you know, our entire platform, which is already racist because we tell people that you should judge people based on skin color. Right. We're just going to come out with it and be openly racist. And you know what? The Republicans can have all the minorities because their vote doesn't matter anyway. Right. Because they're that minorities. Might be a new platform. Right. Maybe it really is. And I mean, both parties, I think, are guilty of this up to a certain point. But the Democrats think uh, to me have made it a a professional sport to change their platform based upon staying in power rather than actually having any backbone or doing something that they believe. That's both parties. That's how a two party system works. And I said that. Yeah. The the history. Well, the the history of two party politics everywhere that there has been a, a plurality voting system. There have always been two parties which are constantly shifting back and forth. And the, the primary impetus is every single time that the entire country shifts one way in, in its whatever, wherever it's Overton window moves. Um, one of the parties suddenly finds themselves being marginalized because they have 49% of the people and they adjust their party platform so that they get closer to 50%. With both parties doing it, it locks everybody. Both parties are always locked with exactly 50% of the Overton window for whatever the public wants. And that, by the way, is why we, when the Republicans finally recover from their cultural destruction, which, you know, it's, it's nice if they're getting votes in the Senate and 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 a lot of people are finally starting to wake up and go, whoa, shit's changing. I'm not sure I like this, but 
the Republicans have lost the culture. And when they recover it, you're going to see a Republican Party that is far, far to the left of the one that we grew up with. Yes, because they have to because they have to realign themselves to wherever the 50 percent mark is of the population. And like it or not, the the new young population coming up, the people who were born after 9-11 and are still voting Biden are have been taught all of these things that that the school unions and the universities teach them. The entire country is realigning to the left of where it was. And that's where we're all going to find the Republican Democrat line. And that's suddenly whatever hot button topics a lie on that side of the line. That's where we're all going to be shouting at each other across the line because you know wherever the line's drawn that's where we have to shout at each other and stay divided and uh, for all the kids out there who aren't old enough to remember it wasn't always like this you could be like well you know this is we're way too split 50 50 and that's not really the case do you remember the election of 1984 i mean i was 14 so that made you like what five something like that uh seven Yes. Seven years old. 19- I didn't vote in that election, if that's what you're asking. Oh, well, you could have. But, probably. but 1984 was Reagan Mondale. Yes, it was. And how many states did Ronald Reagan win? I don't know. Fifty seven. Close. Forty nine. OK. The only well, okay. state. What, what was the outlier? Minnesota. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. Oh, you mean you mean the one that literally completely that, that the people that left the Democrats in the state literally destroyed the entire like 12 square blocks of their city center. And they still went out and vote for Democrats in droves. Yep. There's something wrong in Minnesota. There's something in the water. Uh, I guess the intriguing thing is even in that election, the uh, Reagan, the only presidential candidate since Nixon in 72 to win at least 55% of the popular vote. So even in landslides, we're only talking like 5%. I mean, we're not talking like huge, but this goes back to an election that the uh, the Electoral College, I mean, we know we're, everybody's well aware of how many you need. It's the, what, 370? The uh, um, Reagan had 520, 525 to uh, Mondale's wow. 13. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, demographics have shifted a lot, and the country has become a hell of a lot more polarized. Uh, and there are a lot of things that contribute to it on this show. I'll totally point at social media as, as the evil because it puts everybody in their own bubble and reinforces what they believe and reinforces that the other side is the other. So we have never been more polarized. The The number of decisions that are made across lines anymore is almost none. And you uh, can't argue in is, social is media. A, well, I can. Well, you can't argue a, a valid point. You can't have an actual debate. And I've mentioned that before when you used to when My people used to do this on you know message boards where you could you know type in paragraphs, you know, you could actually get thoughts across this. You have to say whatever you want to say in like uh, 280 characters. Uh, uh-uh. This yeah. does not lead to discussions. No, it doesn't. And it, it, it's not 280 or 140 or whatever it used to be in Twitter. Uh, but I even find no agenda social to be particularly confining when I type out a full thought and it goes to like 610 characters i'm like fuck i have to delete sentences until i get down to 500 uh-huh. creative editing and uh yeah it doesn't really work to have a no it's it's really annoying and it it i it definitely stunts your expression when it does that i i understand for database reasons and and i don't fault adam and Ariner for 
putting limits on things, but it, it is it, it shapes your thoughts in ways that a lot of people don't realize. Yes, which is why it's a completely different format than if you have unlimited space to write something out, which is I'm kind of surprised or, or two hours to blather. Right. With a microphone or more, which I mean, Reddit yeah. really gives you that space. And I don't know if you people are really uh, having decent uh, debates over there, but I thought this was an Did interesting. Did you just say you people, <laughs> which I don't know if the people over there are having uh you're having good debates, but uh, well, I wasn't sure if you were just putting Reddit in, in the camp of Bemrose people or something. No, no. I mean, I know you used to go there, but I think you're reformed now. Well, I, I did. I did spectacularly remove my account by running a, a script that changed, edited every single post I've ever made in my entire Reddit history to the phrase. This post has been deleted because of Reddit's uh, violations of our terms of service and the word terms of service linked to the First Amendment. See, now that's a thing of beauty because we don't have freedom of speech no more. We don't. And uh, when it comes to the election, this I thought was a very interesting stat. This came from Judicial Watch, and this came out before the election. This came out sometime in October. They did a study and found that there were 353 counties in the United States in 29 different states where the voter registration rates exceeded 100% of the population. That, that's exciting. See, I had heard that there were a number of places where the total number of votes for president exceeded the total number of people registered to vote. Isn't that but I hadn't heard, I hadn't heard that, that the people registered to vote is apparently more than the people in the state. Yeah. That's exciting. In that particular County. So yeah. How does this happen? Uh, the math so, yeah. is so so in a, in a county with 3000 people there's 4000 people registered to vote and 7000 Biden votes is that what you're right. saying something like that and then but no that's not voter fraud not at all no no, no it's they're busting people in obviously and there was one of these locales it might have been in Detroit i wish i would remember cuz all this stuff was just flying but there was a thread where you could go and look up the voter rolls by the person's name and people were looking up dead folks <laughs> And they were finding them that they had voted. And, oh, absolutely. Uh, it's amazing. That's, that's the old style. That one, that's, a, you know, again, the Chicago way. Yes. That's how people know. <laughs> it doesn't matter uh, that grandma died 40 years ago. Request a ballot. They'll send you one. Fill it out. It's fun. Uh, well, one of my favorite memes that I, I've seen, I've seen it in a couple of, of forms on uh, on the scroll by was uh Somebody saying, if if I die before the election, please don't let me vote Democrat. <laughs> well, see, that was the other issue. And, the, you know, allegedly, then, you know, they talked to the the people in charge of the voting in that particular state. And they're like, well, you know, if and you really believe this happens because this with the early voting, especially especially with covid. So, you know, let's say somebody voted in Detroit. Uh, early voting a month ago before election day they voted for you know biden whatever and of course they did five days later they died of covid do you think that vote is getting pulled somehow i mean they're supposed I'm, to i'm if it's for biden i'm certain it's getting counted yeah if it's for drunk trump it drunk. was probably shred <laughs> if it was for drunk <laughs> if it was for trump it was probably it's not fair to make fun of me for not having a tooth in the front i don't make fun of you for having no eyesight Sure Wait, I already did that today. Yeah. Never see? mind. Never mind. Carry on. Carry on. Uh, <laughs> Nothing to see here. Literally. <laughs> Assholes. But yeah, anyways. Yeah. Uh I and I, I don't I, I I don't believe that it should uh count per se, but I'm not the one who makes policy. 
But this is where the mail-in voting really has issues. There are so many things that can go wrong with it. The fact that the Democrats, see, again, I would have had much more respect if the Democrats would have stood up and said, look, we know there's more possibility of fraud. Let me give you the whole load. Yeah, let me give you the whole load that we know there's a possibility of more fraud. But due to covid and safety, we're willing to take that chance and look at things more closely when the ballots come in. The fact that their reaction was, oh, there's no proof that mail in voting causes fraud. It's like, yes, there is. I mean, there, there, I mean, there is a ridiculous amount of proof that mail in voting has caused fraud in the past. Uh, you're right that there's no that no court has yet conclusively determined that there was fraud in this election because the election was two days ago, three days ago. Can't count either. Uh, but I guarantee you that, that there will be proof if you will let the investigations happen and stop clamoring for the fucking president to step down when you know that you just fixed the election. But anyway, and that he, he doesn't have to step down until what's it, January 20th. So, um, <clears throat> You know, this well, he's 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 not. Yeah, this idiot. I mean, Keith Olbermann, we've talked about him. He's a moron. We all know that. Oh, fuck that guy. Yeah. He posted something yesterday like the president needs to be arrested today. It's like well, you're well, not Keith old Keith Olbermann is literally seditious by by the definition of the term. Yes. It's so I but, don't. But Twitter lets that stand. So congratulations. Well, Twitter is it, Twitter is borderline seditious by the definition of the term. I would argue they are. Yeah, I would agree <laughs> that there's definitely it's going down that path. And I mean, we have to move on from this point, no matter what yeah, happens. We should move on. I well, didn't even come here to talk about Trump and Biden today. <laughs> but I'll, I'll say one more thing. Joe okay. Biden, if he really wants to unify, and I think maybe he does. He doesn't. I, I don't know. I think maybe he personally does. I, well, I don't he, think he's going to have the chance. And I know Kamala's not out to unify anybody. I would agree. I would agree. Joe, though, while you have a chance, I mean, you come out and you're making all of these beautiful statements. And how you want to be everybody's president. If that's so, Joe, then it's time for you to say, and uh, I just need to point out a few things. You know, Keith Olbermann, fuck you, shut up. The uh, John Cusack, fuck you, shut up. Michael Moore, fuck you, shut up. Deborah Messing, fuck you, shut up. Alyssa Milano, fuck you, shut up. The country has to come together. And it's going to start only if Joe Biden can keep the nut jobs on the left from spewing the kind of hate drill hate he can't i know but that he would have to at least try if he would at least try he would get the respect of a lot of people i think on the right even though you hate his policies uh, the, the the dark secret of the democrat party for all of their horrific corruption and they are some of the most evil people on the planet uh and and the republican party by the way i'm not giving them an excuse they would be if they had the chance they don't have the chance right now but you know, give it another four years. I'm sure they will. But right now, the most evil people in the in the country are the Democrat Party, and even they are a little bit scared of the radical left Marxist Bernie arm of the party. It's the reason why they keep paying lip service to Bernie and then either buying or threatening him off right at the convention is because he has a strong following, and they certainly want all the votes. From the radical far, far left who want nothing more than the destruction of everything that we've ever built in this country, which is kind of what they're proposing when they ask for communism or socialism. Uh, I think even the DNC is afraid of them 
because at some point they're going to grow big enough to get out of line. And even the, the Pelosi's and the Harris's are not going to be able to drag them back into line. And that is the point where you're going to see the Democrats blow up and it will be entertaining as shit, but you know, it's going to hurt. Yeah. It's going to be a real bad. I mean, they're going to fight amongst themselves just as hard as the leftists are currently fighting the, uh, the Trumpers. So it's going to be yeah. interesting. And I have to ask you, have we ever eclipsed a hundred on the live stream during a grumpy old bands? Cause we're at one seventeen right now. That is crazy. I, you know that I don't memorize stats. Uh, you're, you're a math major. Okay. Well, I didn't. <laughs> I, I think it is. I don't remember. Hey, I don't judge over a hundred. And thank you. For everybody that is, that is 117 is the highest number I've ever seen. So uh, clearly a lot of experts listening to these people who know, don't know what they're talking about. Blather on simply because uh, we're doing the same thing that everybody in the media does. We're telling you what you want to hear. No, we're telling you what we think. If that if that I'm is sorry, what no, you no. want to hear, then that's- no, no, I was wrong. We're telling you what we want you to hear. Right. That is that, that is what the is media. For- that's our formula. That um, is, and no agenda had you- a. Uh, they blew by any of the previous records. At, oh, there at- was twenty six fifty twenty almost twenty seven hundred on the stream yesterday before the first donation segment. Yes, and on Thursdays that's usually about sixteen or seventeen hundred. So that was a big jump. Yeah. Thursdays are the weekdays there. I had a question for you. Sure. Do you believe that the vote should be for everybody or only for American citizens? When you're voting for the president? I don't know when you're voting. Well, it depends what you're voting for. I mean, but yeah, I mean, overall, I think there do, should do, be localized to the point where I mean, because otherwise I, I made this comment to my wife the other day. I'm like, well, if that's going to be the case, then. You know, I want to vote for president of Mexico, too. Can I, can I just send in a mail in? <laughs> well, all you would have to do is step across the border and fill out a ballot. If Mexico elected people the way that Americans do, they you don't, just, you know, all you would need to do is just, you know, go, go over, say, tell the border guard you're visiting for the day and walk in and, and ask for, I don't think it's quite that easy anywhere, but California, but, um, uh, that's so, um, it's kind of ridiculous that that happens. And um, that was my awful segue into what I actually did my research on, which was a ton of interesting uh, prop propositions and measures that passed or d- during this latest election, because I'm not sure everybody's heard of them, but some of them are interesting. And so I wanted to start with the states of Alabama, Florida and Colorado all passed constitutional amendments. And I know this is really crazy and radical, which is why I brought it up. The constitutional amendment says that only U.S. citizens should be able to vote in their state. Wow. How hateful, racist and xenophobic can you get? That's actually on the big part of the arguments against those. So of course, <laughs> I for each of these measures, I went in and I, I read what the measure does. And I read the for and against as if I were going to vote just so that I could you know bring it here and tell you about it and then ridicule it. Um the the against was in fact all about the fact that uh now a number of minorities would be denied the ability to get representation and um yeah you know because uh wait do we do we prevent people from getting citizenship based on their race no in this country no. i didn't think so so yeah that's bullshit um well, alabama florida and colorado now have as part of their state constitution that in order to vote you have to be a us citizen now, I don't know if they're going to require ID in order to demonstrate that, but it's it seems like a pretty damn reasonable step. 
Well, now, what is it in California? I'm guessing it's the other way in California. Uh, in California, they actually prefer that only non-citizens vote. Well, now, here's the question. Why doesn't everybody from a, uh, a red state go to California on Election Day and vote? Uh, because I honestly believe that most normal people are inherently moral and they realize that that's wrong. <laughs> but I mean, this is the, uh, I mean, this is when the, you say the people the elected officials in the Democrat Party are the ones who who seem to have completely forgotten about morality in their their, you know, uh, any means necessary push to get rid of the orange man. Yeah, well, this is the issue, because when you're saying, well, somebody who's not a citizen in the United States shouldn't be, you know, should be allowed to vote for president. It's like, well, no. They're allowed to vote in their country. Now, if they become a citizen, they get to vote. But that's my point. Exactly. Now it's like, well, Illinois, well, California, why can't we just go? I'm going to go to a different state. My vote doesn't count here in Illinois. So I'm going to go to a different state where it'll count. Then there you go. Go hop on the Zephyr. Go to California where your vote also doesn't count. But if enough people did that, then (laughs) then California gets overrun. Replace all the Californians who have fleed the state. With that, yeah, I mean that's going to be interesting too to see how that goes down. But this may be a well, valid. How, how way. do you think? Th- how do you think that they managed to almost flip Texas and make it look like it was even in danger of going blue? <laughs> Voter because, fraud. Well, they probably, but also Californians. But everybody, next election, just go to California and vote. Just walk in, tell them you want a ballot. Vote you early. Know what the problem. You know what the problem with that idea is? It's illegal. I'd, I'd, no, well, I mean, if I, if I believed any means necessary, then <laughs> right. that wouldn't matter. Right. But I'd have to go to California. Yeah, but just for a day. I don't want to be in a day. bad state. Yeah, that would put you in a very bad state. But Anyways, the, yeah. Yeah I, yeah, I don't understand that. The concept, I mean, I know where they're going with all of this because we know Colorado, we already mentioned, they don't even want their electoral college vote. So there you go. So as long as we're on California, I'm going to get educational, go to some of the more interesting propositions. Uh, the big one that we talked about before the uh, uh, what was it called? The uh, prop 209 um, was was the was passed back in the 90s that prevented affirmative action. And uh, okay. California Prop 16 this year was the legislature's attempt to overturn that and make it so that governmental agencies could again take race into account and make decisions based on race for hiring and everything they wanted to bring back affirmative action they wanted to bring back uh or or to at least codify in the state constitution institutionalized racism that failed really the people in california were smart enough to know that racism isn't the answer i i i i know it surprises me too god bless you citizens of california for making one Um, smart decision yes i some stats on that one the yes campaign had the backing of uh, Gavin Newsom, Kamala Harris, Diane Feinstein, uh, the entire University of California system, uh, pretty much the entire Democrat machine in California, the the whole political, all of the elites, everybody was pushing for it. Uh, the yes campaign, uh, uh, campaign spending. Um, so the no campaign spent about one and a half million dollars saying that, you know, racism actually is bad. And this is this is racism. Um, how much do you think the yes campaign pushed to counter that 1.5 million? So how much did the wacko liberals spend to try to get this passed? Yeah. 250 million. So close. A little over. Should have bet $1. Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> this is but the prices, right? It was almost 20 million. 
Damn. Okay. Twenty million to one point five million. The yes campaign outspent the no campaign, and it it got shot down. So you know what? I am. It's it's one of the first bits of evidence I've had in a while that not everybody in California is completely off their rocker racist or or on board with with the critical race bullshit. Uh, okay. So California Prop Twenty Two, um, was uh, is actually kind of my only tech story of the day. I thought about this. I looked at my notes earlier. I'm like, fuck. There's nothing tech in here. Um, California Prop Twenty Two was uh, well, the the legislature passed the this law. Don't remember the name of it a while ago. Um, that said that gig workers were employees, right? And this was uh we definitely talked about that one on the show um because it effectively destroys the idea of the gig economy because uh the the whole reason somebody goes into gig work in in theory is to have the flexibility to pick their own hours and pick what how much they're going to work for how much they're going to make right. without having to be an employee without having to have somebody else set your schedule and set your you know this uh, on the other side most gig workers don't get employment benefits like uh you know health benefits like uh you know dental plan etc or and this is the part that really triggers people in california don't have to join a union oh yeah that's bad you gotta be union well the legislature decided to put a stop to that shit because if guy by god if you're going to work in california you're going to be put in line by a labor union um and pass the rule that everybody in uh, you know, everybody who is a gig worker in California must be treated as an employee. And uh, this was going to effectively shut down things like Uber and Lyft oh, yeah. in California. So they shot back with a citizens initiative, uh, which ended up becoming Prop 22. Now, Prop 22 was it said, uh, yeah, you know, this new law, um, this new law should exempt anybody who is uh, a gig worker. For a transportation or delivery service. So not really helping anybody but yourselves, are you, Uber and Lyft? <laughs> right. At, I get all those other gig workers. Yeah, fuck you. You can all be screwed. But we're, we're getting ours. Well, they got theirs. Um, Uber and Lyft, by the way, outspent uh, 25 to 1 the no campaign. Uh, the no campaign had uh, a, 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 you know amazing arguments like, oh, this would lock in a permanent underclass of voters. Um, <laughs> but that's what that the liberals that, like. Uh, maybe it is. I mean, that is what they like, but that's what they have to argue against. Um, well, it got fifty eight percent of the vote, which is, uh, as you put it a, bit, a few minutes ago, a landslide. Um, Uber and Lyft are allowed to keep working, and Uber and Lyft drivers do not have to unionize. Uh, do not have to be paid health care benefits. Uh, better or worse, whatever you decide. Um, those industries are accepted from it. Now, all the other industries, music gigs, stuff like that. Yeah, fuck them. There's still going, you know, you want to hire a drummer for, for a music show one night. Um, you're going to have to give them healthcare benefits. Yeah. That makes no sense. Union. That makes it, zero it sense. Anybody but, that does little bits of work on the side, I used to do web development, stuff like that, graphic design. So you, that, that's making this stuff way, way harder. The concept of these jobs is then you and if if you're going to be doing this full time then you're self-employed and then you deal with all the stuff there somebody doesn't have to give you health care this concept most people that are uber drivers it's like 
well, this week I'm going to work two hours on Friday night and maybe, uh, you know, an hour on Sunday morning. And then that's it. Well, here, here's another idea. Why don't we move away from the idea of everybody getting health care through their employer? Because it kind of puts a stranglehold on one of the important tenets of capitalism, which is that moving in and out of an industry or position is easy. Uh, and that hasn't been true with jobs for a long time. And a huge part of that is the fact that if you switch jobs, you spend a period of time without health insurance. Well, it uh, depends. Maybe, on, you know, what, what if we moved instead to a place where people could buy, say, individual insurance? We are or, there. Or but not not easily, not for most people. No, it but, is. Or God I mean, forbid, it, a place where where routine health maintenance is just pay as you go. And you only have insurance for catastrophic coverage, like, uh, you know, being diagnosed with cancer or, or destroying your left side or something. Yeah, I mean, you can buy your own insurance. I did that for years and it's not hard to do. The, the problem, I guess, and it's not really a problem, is that so many employers offer, you know, maybe a better rate or they're going to pick up part of it if you, you know, if they employ you. Yes. But uh, you're always in action. You're always the ability there you can go to work for anybody and be like nope keep my own insurance i'm paying whatever it is direct to whatever the company yeah. you're with is it's more difficult than you say but i did not come prepared with notes so <laughs> i i might bring back later no i there, there was a, a nixon era law that that was passed which effectively and, and i think it was an incentive structure and i don't remember so i shouldn't go into it but it actually made it so that the the way to go was under this law was for your employer to provide healthcare insurance and everything else would be more expensive. Maybe, but you can still anyway. do it. You're on your own. And up, up until Obamacare, the price really wasn't any different, which is why, you know, my wife was employed, but I was self-employed and was getting better insurance at a better deal, buying it direct at until Obamacare came around. And well, that screwed all the prices. Prices went sky high. So let's see. The only other California measure I, I called out is Prop 24 in California, which uh, is a, a uh, according to the Yes campaign, it is a strengthening of California's already draconian pri uh, data privacy laws. Now, we're big proponents of data privacy on this show. Uh, I'm not sure I'm a big proponent of of government stepping in because that always has unintended consequences. But the California legislature had passed uh, a, a pretty sweeping law that said, among other things, consumers can direct businesses not to share their information, correct inaccurate information. Some of this sounds kind of reasonable. Um, and uh, Prop 24, uh, according to the Yes campaign, strengthened it. According to the no campaign, it creates a pay for privacy regime. Um, there was a lot of, of uh, um, a lot of confusion on that one, but uh, it didn't really matter because you know what? It's law now. It passed by a, another landslide. Um, it allows people to limit, quote, sensitive use like, uh, oh, I love this part of the, the new law. Uh, it allows people to limit the sensitive use of their data, such as geolocation healthcare data and race <laughs> so you can in california you can now tell a company that they are not allowed to use your race I, okay uh and then the one part which uh really frightened me about this law is that it establishes a new agency called the california privacy protection agency oh no government yeah yeah no way that, that more bureaucracy can ever go wrong 
But anyway, you know what? I don't even care about that. Um, okay, let's go to the interesting one. Oregon. Oregon um, is interesting. Well, Oregon measures 109 and 110 are uh, both passed. Uh, measure 109 legalizes psilocybin. Well, they legalized uh, like all hard drugs. Well, no, they, they, they straight up legalized psilocybin. If you're over 21 and in a licensed medical facility, they can now treat you with magic mushrooms. So uh, if, if you're planning your next mental breakdown, consider Oregon. <laughs> Lucy uh, in the sky with diamonds, baby. <laughs> uh, and uh, in measure 110 uh, does not technically legalize, but it reclassifies possession, personal possession of heroin, cocaine, LSD, and oxycodone i thought that was already legal uh as instead of a felony it is now a class e violation which means it is still technically illegal but if you are caught with uh a couple ounces of heroin or cocaine or lsd uh you will pay a hundred dollar fine because bureaucracy gotta be fed right and attend a quote health assessment and addiction (laughs) recovery program and they'll let you back out on the street yeah, if, if they can um, only figure out a way to tax the heroin. Well, that, that's what the hundred dollar fine is, I think. <laughs> but also the addiction recovery program, which sounds like a fantastic use of more government money. Uh, in fact, uh, on the official Oregon ballot uh, thing where they say the financial statement of it, uh, the financial effect is uh, that this is going to cost uh, between one and 50 million in uh, additional bureaucracy basically uh however they say that that will be funded by the revenue revenue from legalized marijuana so as long as people don't go to all of these newly decriminalized drugs and only stick to marijuana and only buy them through legal channels then there will be lots of tax revenue now i heard that there was the new limits that were put on this because normally we've been dealing with you know the war on drugs which just doesn't work but I mean, there's there have been some crazy things where, you know, oh, if you had over an ounce of pot or something, it was, you know, you were treated as a dealer. Uh, I've heard that the, the 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 bar has really been raised with those hard drugs also in Oregon. So to the point to where even the dealers aren't going to get anything more than a, a slap on the wrist. You know, I don't know if you have that, but uh, that's what I had heard. And it's like that's I mean, people never want to look at the unintended consequences because I have no problem. With people doing in the privacy of their own home, whatever the hell they want. I don't do whatever drugs you want. Although if you have children, especially children that are young that need you to care for them, then or you they need drugs. Yeah. You know, then you shouldn't be doing the drugs. Yeah, well, being a parent is kind of important and doing stuff like getting strung out is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I totally agree with you about the unintended consequences, but I'm going to go ahead and quote uh, cold acid from the troll room who says they aren't always unintended. Those Canadians. I don't know. That guy. Uh, that, that guy, he just likes stirring up shit. If you want to listen to him uh, rant, you go find the Rare Encounter podcast. Let's see. Um, Mississippi changed their state flag because the Confederate cross <laughs> that was in the top left corner of their old one was racist. Of course. Apparently. Yeah. Was, uh, everything. Everything Confederate is racist. Never mind any kind of pride in the South. No, fuck that. We have to get rid of all signs of Confederacy. And all evidence that the Mississippi is geographically located in the South. Yeah, so but don't you don't you feel about like don't you feel bad for those like Buddhists that were just using the swastika as a sign of peace and harmony years before Hitler, and now they can't get that back? Why? No, f- fuck Buddhists. They can't even get properly <laughs> angry. <laughs> so you're not a Buddhist. <laughs> I'm taking it. I I I've got a cat on me. That's as close as I get right now. 
Man, and probably a big belly. Uh, let's see. Rhode Island, the state of Rhode Island uh, has changed its name. <laughs> right. You can't have plantation in the name. Nope. It used to be called the official name of the state used to be called Rhode Island and Providence Plantations. And they have officially changed their name. They are now known only as Rhode Island, which I always thought was hilarious, considering that the entire stay, state is situated around a bay, not an island. And it has three land borders on the northeast and west with other states, not an island. But that's okay. You go ahead and get rid of that horrible racist plantation thing. Plantations are obviously uh, a form of racism and have nothing to do with growing crops or anything. Yeah, but if they were going to change the name, they should have got rid of the island part. Yeah, they should have been like Road Providence Plantations or something. I mean, that would have it would have made more sense. But whatever. I, it doesn't it, day to day life. It doesn't affect anything. It's it's just more legislative virtue signaling. And people love doing that. They do. But soon we're going to only be allowed to say like five words. And if you if you stray from that, you're going right to the reeducation yep. camps, comrade. And the only other thing that I have on election stuff is uh, a rundown of the races in Washington state, which is probably going to be boring for everybody outside of the state who hasn't listened to me rant about all the idiots in this state. Um, so I, you, you can put a veto and put a kibosh on this right away. But otherwise, I'm going to probably say the full name of our governor at some point. Wait, was he up for re-election? Yes. Okay, so now let's see. Jay fucking, fucking Inslee. Let me guess. Re-elected. Let me guess. Can I guess? Let me guess yes. the percentage of votes Jay okay. Inslee got in Washington. My guess, oh, this is just a shot in the dark, would be 75%. Not quite, but it was, in your term, a landslide. 59 to 40. Wow. So a 20 point swing. Yeah, basically. With a couple of write ins. It was, um, did Kanye get written in? I, as governor of Washington, <laughs> to do a better job than Jay fucking Inslee. That would be awesome. Um, Kanye wakes up uh, in the morning and, and like just, your governor of Washington. He's like, was I running for that? No, but um, what the hell? for the most part, every single state office went to a Democrat. With the single exception that uh, the Secretary of State, Kim Wyman, uh, who is technically a Republican from Spokane, uh, but is more of a rhino, really. But that's OK. She you know what? She's actually not super political and I don't automatically hate her, but she's much more Olympia Democrat than she is Republican, national Republican. But she controls However, you getting an ID. Hmm. <clears throat> I mean, I, I'm not sure she controls much, but uh, she is, however, the person who orchestrates the mail in voting in the state. So, that actually anyways, somehow works in Washington or, um, or does. It? Well, it, it seems it does seem to elect all Democrats all the time. So, <laughs> so it works. Um, uh, seven. Uh, the, the, you know, Washington has seven legislative districts on the left half of the state, and they all sent Democrats back to the House. Uh, except for the one who was retiring, they were all the incumbent, uh, including, and you're going to love this one, uh, Pramila Jayapal from the District of Seattle. Uh, I, you you want to guess percentages? I'll let you try to throw this one in. Um, let's see. She sounds Indian. I mean, are you sure this was yes. Was, this was Washington? Uh, like she she is, and she is. Uh, um, she's not openly self proclaimed Marxist communist like the the city council member Savant is. Um, but she, uh, 
She is the one. I don't think she's even a justice Democrat. So not even the craziest person in the House of Representatives, but she, by far the farthest left from Washington because she, her district is Seattle. Was she running unopposed? No, she well, I, I she was running against a Republican, which in Seattle means unopposed. <laughs> okay, but that's, so, yeah, then this has to be there really was high. a Republican on the ballot. So she got more, a higher percentage than Jay Inslee did. Yes. Wow. Like 80 higher 90. Not quite. 88% of the vote. Oh, Heil Hitler. Eight, eight. <laughs> that's a signal. We've um, all heard eight, eight. That's that's a sign. Yeah. Uh, Sideshow Bob Ferguson went back with 57% of the vote. So that guy is going to be filing frivolous lawsuits on behalf of the state and virtue signaling for a while longer. Uh, it is no secret that he is after Inslee's position. In fact, he was pushing Inslee's presidential campaign, hoping he could be the next governor. <laughs> well, yeah, that's again, that's the way to get in. You get the other um, guy elected to something else. and You're like, yeah, I'll just take your office. Cool. Let's see. Uh, Washington has a weird system where um, and, and in fact, this was set up by initiative a while back when back when uh, anti vote or anti tax was still even a thing people cared about. And, and maybe they do. But um, what happens is every time that the legislature raises taxes without a vote of the people, um, they have to then on the next ballot put out a, a referendum saying the legislature raised taxes. Should these taxes be repealed or approved? And I don't know that there has been a single one of these votes. There's been maybe 10 or 15 in the last eight years or 10 years, however long it's been. Um, I don't know that a single one of them has ever been approved by the voters. So, and in <laughs> fact, there were four of them on this year's ballot that were the legislature. In, and in fact, on the ballot, it always says the state legislature approved without a vote of the people, a tax increase that does. And then a lot of text, every one of them. And all four of those were shot down by the public and said, we should reject this. Do not increase taxes. Um, now, in the, the interim, is, have they been collecting those taxes? Absolutely. Because <laughs> not a one of these taxes has ever been overturned after the legislature increased them. But they voted to. Uh, yeah. So so Washington state has a law where every time the legislature decides to jack up taxes, we have to put it on the ballot. The people vote against the new tax overwhelmingly in a lot of cases and then the tax stays anyway because they're advisory votes and the legislature doesn't have to give a crap <laughs> isn't a democracy grand yes that's not democracy though that is a republic <laughs> it's um, not a, everybody gets a vote I, and, and and that's the way this is and and that's a, a triumph of republic over democracy because the legislature who, by the way, in my local district, all three Democrats who have been in the legislature for 20 plus years all went back yet again. Uh, so the legislature, just as corrupt as every other legislative body, but whatever. Um, yeah, they they just keep raising taxes and, and Washington puts the taxes on the ballot, which I guess is a way of letting people know, but they don't have any effect. Well, it's uh, nice that they have to put them on the ballot. That's let's see. We. We rejected a uh, a measure which would have allowed the state to invest long care term long term care so uh, um, like old folks home funds in the stock market. the 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 measure was the legislature wanted to 
start uh, investing state funds in the stock market because they said it would make more money. And uh, that got shut down mostly because the stock market is a terrible way to invest government funds because you'll lose them all and then they'll just raise fucking taxes again. Right. Well, yeah, because they're going to get them back. But I will say this was the best the stock market has ever done in an election week in 108 years. Election day, the day after blowing away records. That was pretty crazy. What the fuck happened there? Do you think? I think what happened was. One, Wall Street saw this wasn't the Biden landslide, and they saw the most vital thing, I believe, is the Senate wasn't going to go Democrat, so this wasn't going to be Democratic president, House, and Senate. And I think that's what and Wall Street feared most. That that would be scary, um, but at the same time, normally I would I would definitely applaud when they're not all the same. But uh, what Trump has proven in the last couple of years and what Obama proved in his last couple of years is that presidents no longer need Congress to give a crap or, or be involved in their day to day lawmaking, which is kind of fucking scary. It is. It is. Uh, there's a lot of <laughs> things that are just, you know, the pen now rather than by Congress, but Congress refusing to work together there. That's the biggest problem. Congress needs to get back to a point. And I mean, as easy as it is, there was there there was a massive bipartisan impeachment effort. uh, Wait, no, 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 that was all partisan. And, uh, you know, it's very easy for somebody that considers himself definitely on the more conservative side of the aisle who watched the absolute crap show that we got for the last three and a half years. Thanks to the left who pull tried to pull off an impeachment. Uh, they tried to pull out I mean, all the lies that are just have been told about the president and all of the time and money wasted over that. It's way too easy for me now to say, you know what, if this is President Biden, you know, Mr. Biden, I've learned from your side. Resist, resist, resist. You're not my president. Resist, resist, resist. Yeah. That's probably the worst thing to come out of the 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 crybaby attitudes of the entire left of the country over trump is they have set a large number of precedents which are now going to be quote unquote the new normal uh with regards to um an an utter disregard of civility and adherence to norms or law or anything and now all of the tactics which were completely outrageous that they decided to employ are going to be used by both sides and uh and, you know that really really harms any attempt at maybe trying to heal the divide although i think that if we're going to ever heal the divide the first thing we need to do is disband facebook well the nation was originally set together without a two-party system if we can get rid of political parties which i know that's like saying well, uh, you know the, if we could if the, we could get there, rid of oxygen there is a necessary condition for that and and quite possibly a sufficient condition, which is we would have to get rid of plurality voting and move to something that allows people to state their choice without having to worry about strategic voting. Yeah, but that might work um, better. Any any kind of ranked choice voting system would work for that. But and and we certainly have the ability to compute it now, which was one of the main reasons why it was difficult back in the 1780s. But well, um, again, yes, uh, that that is getting rid of the plurality voting system is a necessary 
step and I think might just be a sufficient step because uh, third parties exist and would start to significantly rise to power if they weren't necessarily shot out by by strategic voting. Well, yeah, because, again, the, the way the system works and again, this will be used as a, a way against the Electoral College. But the fact that you need a majority of those votes says, you know, if there are three or four parties, it makes it way less probable that you're going to get that number so it's uh i understand why things have shaken out the way that they have and as we talked about earlier if the left or you know we saw this with the right with the tea party if the party actually breaks into two they lose i mean everybody knows this is like mutually assured destruction if the left breaks into two parties or the right breaks into two parties the other, you know, the other side doesn't. So if the left breaks into two party and the right just stays the way they are, the left's going to lose. And and that is is exactly why when the Tea Party formed, we we actually saw what I was talking about earlier. The uh, Republican Party, which had been for 60 years dominated by the evangelical right, the Republican Party suddenly reformed themselves to include the Tea Party values as one of their core values so that they could reabsorb those people who were breaking with the evangelical party. And, and that is an example of one of the major parties seeing a shift in in cultural norms and repivoting to change their party in order to adjust because they always adjust toward 50%. Yeah. And as we, we stated this beforehand as well, which I have thought for a while, that the black community and the Hispanic community overall generalization, I get it. They are religious and the left is leaving religion behind. And it's very important to a lot of people, which may also explain why more people in the black and Hispanic community voted for Trump this time. That you, you make a good point there. Uh, The other thing that we're finding, uh, especially with uh, large sections of, of large demographics, moving away from religion is we're we're starting to see lots of evidence of why we re- religion was invented in the first place which was as a means of instilling moral values into our children as we raise them and r- having a, a a communist state in in the teachers unions raising your kids and becoming their ethical values while at the same time subverting religion and stunting a parent's ability to instill morals into their own children is exactly what we're watching with a bunch of people who think that it's okay if the orange man says something on TV to go out and start throwing bricks through windows. Yeah. Because if, you know, if, if I, I, uh, Spoiler alert, I'm, I'm not actually a religious person. Uh, you, you may not realize this. However, um, I, 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 my parents, while they didn't raise me to be particularly religious, still raised me to have a sense of right and wrong. And then I went out and, and tried to school them on it and tell them why they were wrong, because, of course, I'm a fact checker. But, but now I, you've come back around to that. Well, <laughs> I, I guess what I'm saying is, is you don't have to be religious to be moral. And I am the last person to proselytize and, and try to push everybody into religion. But human beings require spirituality as part of our emotional growth. And 
in order to function in society, human beings need a strong common form of, of morality that, that society can share. And the communist secular secularism that is being taught in to today's kids is destroying both of those. And it is the reason why uh, we are seeing evidence of the shredding of our societal fabric and uh, like it or hate it a widespread religion or, or even a culture of a mono religion does get that it, it gives everybody a common moral and ethical framework. And it, it, you know, allows people to be taught right from wrong, for example. And with the death of religion, which is, uh, uh, might be hyperbole, but is pretty close to what we're seeing in this country today as people are being raised in purely secular, just go, you know, believe in the government sort of ways, um, is, is shredding what moral fabric the country has. And I hate saying that because I'm starting to sound like an evangelical, but it seems to be happening. Well, the stats are there. I mean, you see the results of the younger generation being despondent, especially over this COVID-19. You see suicides going way up. You see mental health deteriorating. You see the same thing when dealing with Donald Trump. I mean, so many. I mean, I know it's funny to see the videos. And it usually seems like it's young females that are, you know, liberal that are just screaming because they just can't handle it. It's like, you know what? I yeah, was hoping Donald Trump was going to win this race. Um, there, there's a, little a bit. name for for what that is. It's called a tantrum. And yes. we used to have them in private. Now we post <laughs> them to Instagram. Yes. And it's like, why? I don't know. But it, it, it is the tantrum of an emotionally immature individual who has never been taught emotionally because that's not what schools do. <laughs> Yeah, they've just been told we must protect your feelings at all times. So when the world inevitably comes and hurts your poor feelings, because that's what the world does, the world does not give a shit about your snowflake ass, then people who have never been prepared for the possibility that anyone in the world could do anything other than care for their feelings (laughs) have public fucking meltdowns. And then because social media destroys people's brains. They think I should post this to Instagram for everybody to watch my very public meltdown. And they really think the stuff is the end of the world. You know, like I said, I was hoping Trump would win. I'm a little disappointed. He didn't I'm, uh, slightly pissed that so many people voted for a geriatric dementia patient who doesn't seem to know where he is. But you know what? I'm, Life goes on. Yeah, I'm, I'm still choosing to believe that that is what I, I don't. I, I, you know, out here on the left coast, I have a lot of friends that uh, don't that that vote Democrat because that's what people do. If I decided to filter my friends list based on who agrees with me politically, <laughs> I wouldn't have any friends. So that that's kind of a non-starter there. Um, but I don't blame them. I mean, obviously, you know, because I'm a sarcastic dickhead, I, I will shout barbs at them. I'd like to disagree with you I, there. I mean, I can't, but I would like to. Okay. Um, but I can't blame the average voter because I talk, you know, I talk to my friends and they, you know, they shout things that I, I heard three months earlier on no agenda come from the mainstream media and they, they've completely internalized. And it's like, you understand where, where you're getting that. Well, I mean, Trump is obviously, obviously Trump hates this group or this group. Like you, okay, let's, 
let's analyze that. Do you have evidence? Do you have, you know, but this is a triumph of the most powerful propaganda machine that humanity has ever seen. And it couldn't have done it without the internet. That's true. Cold acid says we're not even sure that Trump actually lost yet. I know, but either way, my blood pressure is not going up. My life isn't really changing from day to day. I oh, mean, I can fix that. Yeah, I know. But just keep uh, talking to me, it'll work eventually. You know, it's a different fight that you're having at that point. I mean, some things will pivot. I do believe that a Biden presidency is really good for the podcast you and I have been doing because I think we break things down in a way that, like no agenda, is important and it comes from a unique viewpoint. And I, I think that a Biden presidency is a good thing. I mean, Having a president in power that is preaching to us as the choir, and even though I didn't vote for Trump, and that was because I didn't vote in the last election because I was going through all the retinal surgeries, I didn't like him in the primary. I didn't think he would be a good president, and he sold me. In four years, he sold yeah. me as a guy that wasn't a part of the swamp, that wa even though he was an right. asshole and boisterous and all of that, he did what he said he was going to do, and that was such a change for the better that for the same reason I, I like trump better now than i did four years ago that much i'll say is certain i'm not sure it was necessarily enough to vote for him but i i <laughs> get where you're also it doesn't you know I've, I've had several people ask me who i voted for personally and my answer is i'm not going to tell you because i don't have to and also what i can tell you is that in the left coast it did not matter <laughs> also then it was trump and uh we know you didn't vote for jay inslee so that's uh that, that you're on how do you record know i did how do you know i didn't vote for kanye wouldn't that be great if you did vote what if this, this would be the great now i would have to applaud you you know it would be a standing ovation probably five minutes if this was all just performance art and you're really a jay inslee fan and this was just a character you've been doing i you'll never know <laughs> we will never know but we do have well, some experts i, I wanted think. i wanted to point out the the very last thing that i had in my notes uh was a washington measure uh just just throw it out there we don't have to talk about it washington approved mandatory state directed sex education for all students including k through five okay how do you expect me not to talk about this they want sex ed <laughs> in kindergarten yeah what the fuck is wrong with the liberals in fucking washington I just, I just had, I, I had to get that out of, out of, from my notes into the show. I just, I, you know, we don't have to discuss it. If and what, is, what is kindergarten now? Five? Is that five years old kindergarten? I, when does five, it start? Yeah, I think it starts at five. And what are you teaching at five years old for sex ed? I want to know. Uh, I mean, they, they have a curriculum that, uh, that involves, uh, and I should have, I should have pulled up the measure, but, uh, the curriculum does involve things like, uh, how to talk to the opposite sex and uh what if they're being gay? emotionally open i i'm not saying it's right um i it, th this is one particular measure that i voted against uh mainly because i feel like the curriculum well first of all sex education i've never thought was appropriate in schools well I think your, that's your the wife job would of the disagree parents. you should have gotten some i i think that the 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 job of the parents is sex education um, however, most parents are failing utterly at that. So, uh, I get that people want to push it into schools. Um, I also don't like the idea that, uh, the state legislature is deciding curriculum instead of, uh, the, the school, local school boards, but it's just more bureaucracy. Um, I like, uh, I, cold I, acid. I, I would have, 
Jesus Christ. I have the thread, the, the page up right now, but the sunshine has come in behind me and now I can't see my screen. Let the so. sunshine in cold acid. <laughs> he has some ideas and this, maybe this is, this may win me over to actually trying to listen to a random encounter, rare encounter. See, now I'm giving the wrong name for his podcast. Uh, he said in Washington can at, be five, random too. at five years old, he says, it's okay for uncle Joe to sniff your hair. And at seven years old, it's okay if Uncle Hunter makes you touch his thing. <laughs> That's uh, what they're teaching. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting. But uh, those people in Washington, they're very progressive. Very progressive. Uh, but sadly, I just I, I this is the this is the old guy part of the podcast. It's coming much later than usual. But it's like back in my day, I couldn't even imagine that they would be teaching sex ed starting in kindergarten. I mean, yeah. even in junior so, high, it was questionable when I was, you know, that age. So the referendum specifies, quote, age appropriate. And that means that they're not going to show you the reproductive drawing of a penis in kindergarten. Uh, they're That's going to grade. teach you there. <laughs> might be. I don't know. When does puberty start these years? Seems I don't know. It depends on what kind of drugs the, you're being fed yeah, with from the, the water supply. In the water. Yeah. <laughs> Holy crap. We said the same thing at the same time. I'm quitting this podcast and yeah, never doing another one. Stop. Stop being me. <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's not awful. They're not like teaching people, okay, here's how to put a rubber on when they're in kindergarten. But um, at least once per year and multiple times uh, during grades seven through nine, and uh, you know, they are required to do uh, sex ed of various, you know, would they say age appropriate? And unfortunately, I'm not able to pull it up. It'll be, it'll definitely be in the notes. Is that a tube um, joke? If you want it to be. Your brother, Tony Bemrose, is in the troll room right now, and he's saying he wishes he had some sex ed back then. Um, He just wishes he had some sex back then. That's probably true, too. I shouldn't make that joke. That dude got around a lot more than I did. Okay. I, did. I, I made the mistake of, of coming back from college and then finding one person and then marrying her. And I mean, he, he actually had interesting times before he settled down with the person that became his wife. So. Um, you know, salute. So he was way more popular than you. Duh. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not sure you beat him for not learning algebra, so he deserves a little something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, okay, that's a story I'd like to follow. And if you, you know, how do you feel if you got kids, if you're in Washington, how do you feel about this kind of stuff happening? Because I believe this is where you usually have a big slew of people going, well, you know, homeschooling or private school, they don't look all that bad. Yeah, that that's important. <laughs> yes, your your brother does point out an actual yeah. fact here, which is this is just another step uh, in the process oh, of government taking over parenting. Yeah, I, I I I think this is one. Normally, my political opinions are far far stronger than his ever could be. I don't think he could do this podcast the way I do it. <laughs> but in this particular case, I actually had to put up with one of his rants about it. He was not. He was a little fired up about this ballot measure. I yeah, loved it. It sounds like it. He also is fact checking. He also you has saying, kids, which probably has an effect. Yeah, he, he has, says he has that a kid who started kindergarten this he, year. He claims that having two sex partners is getting around compared to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't go that far, but mostly because I don't want to admit it is anything. mathematically um, double, Bemlet. Double. <laughs> don't you know how the mainstream um, media plays these things out? Okay. Required education for grades K through three. Fortunately, I was able to stall long enough that I. Uh, okay, the material taught to students in grades K through three needs to be instruction in social emotional learning. 
which yeah. is defined by the superintendent of public instruction as a process through which individuals build awareness and skills in managing emotions, setting goals, establishing relationships, and making responsible decisions that support success in school and in life. Is this not the definition of being a fucking parent? Yes. I was just going to say that. That sounds like what parents should be doing. It is. But parents aren't. Why? Why? Okay. Not all parents suck. In fact, I think most of them are pretty good. But for the ones that do that do suck and don't teach people, start because I'm getting a little bit tired of being my property taxes paying for your fucking nanny. And now that the school has to deal with this, this is actually more education the kids aren't getting. So there's that, too. So uh, required education for grades four through 12, uh, the physiological, psychological and sociological development processes experienced by an individual. So that's where they show the the penis and uterus uh, diagrams, Uh, the development of intrapersonal and interpersonal skills to communicate respectively and effectively to reduce health risks and choosing healthy behaviors and relationships that are based on mutual respect and affection and are free from violence, coercion and intimidation. (laughs) Oh, yeah, sure. That sounds like what you you should be doing at like first, second grade. The development of meaningful relationships and avoidance of exploitative relationships. You know how people back in the day used to develop those skills? It's called being able to hang out with people and and interacting and existing in a society. But apparently we now need a legislature mandated curriculum for that. It sounds like it. And I want you to jump on this right away before the offer is rescinded. Uh, Your brother, Tony Bemlet, he wants to know if you will teach your niece. (laughs) emotional learning so she can learn how to piss everybody off i would take advantage of that um i you know i i really want to this is something but i i will point out however bamlet that your daughter is already light years ahead of where you were at that age (laughs) does she know algebra yet she does not know algebra but she is really good at uh manipulating her parents which uh i totally fully support the nanny state is coming well it's here it's getting worse and this is something we're also going to be following i think over the next couple of uh couple of years i think it's just going to keep getting worse because yeah they're they're it's it's unbelievable what the government is taking over that was when we were kids part of your normal personal private life your family life now it's going to be like well no let the government tell you uh-uh. well it, it it's the the central nuclear family unit, which is is going to be a, a mom and a dad optional and the kids and your social worker all just in, in the same tight group. Every family only gets one social worker. They might need more than one. Well, they, they can't spread the social workers too thin. Each social worker is a part of, of several dozen nuclear families. Well, no, no, we need more because, you know, now that they're going to start sending social workers to when uh, crazy people have guns and knives and are on killing sprees and you send the social workers in first, they're going to be like, they're going to be dropping worse than the red shirts in Star Trek. Boom, boom, <laughs> gone, gone. Yeah. Social work, social workers are going to be like the, the character in the video game where you just keep having to spawn a new one. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be a social worker right now. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> but we do have some experts to thank for today's oh. ultra ranty episode. Hit me with an expert. <laughs> yes, for the 2020 election recap. And it's really, I guess it can't even be a recap yet because it's not over. Maybe this is just the beginning. I don't know. But coming in first and foremost, I, I think we've got at least three or four or five more shows before we 
have any idea what happened with the election. Yes. And that is sad. And that's also, again, as we said earlier, not good for the country or for the sanity of anybody living here. But that's why you have to take it all with a grain of salt, folks. Life goes on. You have to pivot. You know, you learn and you adjust. And when the government comes for your money and guns, well, then that's the time you start using your money and guns. Just just a suggestion. Oh, that would get us deplatformed like a video from uh, No Agenda's and anim- an- no, the animated No Agenda got pulled off of YouTube. The Steve Bannon show got pulled from YouTube and somewhere else because he just he was just you know recalling that there was a time and place where you would put your enemy's heads on a post and put them out in front of the you know to uh, to make a statement. And uh, I guess they thought that was that was too violent. And I don't know. But hey, what can you do? It's America, baby. First and foremost on the expert list today, giving them, of course, the executive producer status here on Grumpy Old Ben's is our buddy, Sir Lee Mofo, coming in with double nickels on the dime, 5510. It just says, thank you, gents. So we appreciate that. We uh, definitely appreciate the support that Sir Lee Mofo has been giving us and over at Random Thoughts. We gave him, I thought we gave him some really good rant over there this week as well so if you haven't checked that out i mean i let random Ryan, thoughts this week was some high quality rant yeah i let you do a little more ranting today because i think i said so much of it over there uh the, the oh i didn't even notice the day after uh you, you never <laughs> noticed because we're doing two different shows uh coming yes. in via bitcoin using that that material and it's great because i mean that's going up like wild of course that means if i don't pull the money out of there in like a week it could be nothing but that's the beauty of bitcoin Duodenum comes in with a flat 33 bucks. Just sent a little email in just at NJNK. So no jingles, no karma. We one, we don't have any jingles and uh, we normally don't give karma. But for that Duodenum, I'm going to send you so, some karma. Uh, dude, that That is explicitly what what our expert asked not to. Right. So that's like, why I was so going to send them. Some you're, karma. you're saying you're you're intentionally violating the wishes of our experts. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't play any jingles for him, though. I mean, I could. I should have had that. I, I, I have no doubt you could, but let's try to control ourselves just this once. This once. We don't have a soundboard. We do this all live and we do it off the seat of our pants. And sometimes we're right and sometimes you are wrong. And also, coming in, also coming in today with $4.44, which must be a sign, is our buddy Harry Hamster, who shows up on more of these shows than anybody else. And we appreciate is, it. Wait, 444 is, yeah. is that, is that actually a 33% increase? It may be before. It may be. I don't know. Uh, I don't know where the 444 comes in. I mean, if there's uh if there are numbers to be dissected, you're the guy that should do it. Cause Harry always comes in with a different number. I don't know what they mean. And he has a note that says, if this is voter fraud, I'll take it. So obviously he was a Biden fan. Maybe if this, he was happy with the election, which is good. I mean, maybe the, the his uh, expert donations will keep going up as Biden keeps doing stuff. Yeah, hey, any means necessary. Yeah, we appreciate it. Harry Hamster, Duodenum, and Surly Mofo. Thank you for supporting the grumpiest podcast. And it's it's probably only going to get worse. Just just a fair warning. And thanks to everybody who showed up today to listen live over at noagendastream.com as we broke records. Again, this is all due to the fact that everybody feels like the world is burning down and they don't can't, I mean, this is, I mean, maybe more so that may be slightly excessive, but I think 
everybody, even if you're fairly calm about it, you're trying to figure out why this is happening because there's some weird stuff going on. And our job is to do our best to figure it out and postulate and come up with reasons why this stuff's happening. And I mean, I think we hit it more than we would believe if we go back and listen to these podcasts that we've done over the last year plus. I think we've gotten a lot of stuff right and called a lot of stuff because I know I Monday when we said goodbye, I said, you know, we'll be back on Friday. I'm like, will we even know who the president is? You know, I doubted it (laughs) and we don't. Nope. (laughs) We still don't. And I, I, you know, a lot of people are, of course, freaking out about, oh, my God, how can we not possibly know? And I, I will tell you that for anybody more than 20 years old, for anybody who is old enough to remember Bush v. Gore 2000. Yeah, been there, done that. Not our first rodeo. The world keeps turning. I mean, I've seen people that I voted for win in landslides or as much as you can get. And I've seen them lose. And the world just keeps going. And the reality of the situation is some things cost me more every now and then when certain presidents come in and taxes go up or your insurance goes up. And sometimes that stuff goes down a little bit. But the reality of the situation is the country is still pretty stable, although there are people at this point trying to totally disable that. So there are things you should still be willing to stand up for. And those include the things, to me anyway, in the Constitution, if they start coming for your freedom of speech, fight back. If they start coming for your guns, fight back. There are certain things you can't just roll over and take. But as of yet, the country is not burning down. Um, I mean, which parts? Which cities exactly? Well, I mean, just as a, as a country as a whole, yes, there are some cities that are burning because uh, you have some liberal and Kim Fox got reelected here in Cook County. I mean, you idiots deserve whatever <laughs> you get when you. Okay, I, I, I don't know who that is, and I'm dying to ask you. But at this point, we're pushing into no agenda show length. So we yeah. might want to cut it off. The Cook County prosecutor that had the whole Jesse Smollett thing going on. Oh, my God. Yeah. She got well, reelected. I, I, yeah. I, uh, it's kind of like Sideshow Bob and Jay fucking Inslee. <laughs> See, it, it is. It's a good show. And if we're going to watch Rome burn. We may as well have a little bit of wine and some nice olives and cheese and enjoy the show. With that said, until next time, will we even know who the president is on Monday? I don't know. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where the things are going crazy. And I'm still just going to watch. And from America's left coast, where Rome is burning and eh, this is fine. Yeah, I'm Ryan Barmrose. Meh.